0: Hey, all cheaters! Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are? you
1: i'm fantastic josh we are live from the blue wire studios at Wynn, las vegas thank you to blue wire for hosting us here everybody here is amazing for those of you listening on the podcast feed Feel free to jump over to YouTube, search the Always Cheating Podcast. You can see us live in living color. We're shooting video here in the studio as well. Josh, do you feel like you look good? We can see ourselves on the monitor here. I feel feel
0: good. And if you're you're listening to the audio, we already get credit for the download. You know, so you can jump right in, jump right over to that YouTube.
1: Right, right, right. So uh, on today's pod, uh, it's going to be the FPL team previews, a continuation of last week's drop where we predicted the Premier League table, teams 20 to 11, Somewhat controversial. Are we going <laughs> to ruffle a few more feathers this week?
0: I think so. Yeah. Leeds in 19th. That has not gone over well. <laughs> so um, I guess we had them 18th, whatever in the, in the relegation. They're still spots. going down, yeah.
1: unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to jump into 10 to one um, just quickly though, Brandon. I mean, we're in Las Vegas. We flew out last night. Yeah. Uh, how has the Vegas trip been so far?
1: For yeah. Us? How is it?
0: I, I think it's been great. I mean, we've we actually won money playing blackjack, which we never do. So that's that's like a huge win already. Um, I mean it's it's that's all gonna not, go away. That's not you know? gonna last, Jack. It's not no. gonna last. Yeah. Uh we went shopping. So that that was always fun. <laughs> it's been
1: a real yeah. it's been a real soul soothing weekend for us, right? Like yeah. just guys shopping. <laughs>
0: that's true. I did, I wasn't banking for like two hours of shopping today, but it was we're both wearing new shoes. So there you go. Uh we discussed uh, advancements in virtual reality and my uh what I think is the failings of the VR industry, Brandon. We'll talk about that later. That, I, that's for a, I feel like yeah. that is a
1: separate yeah. pod. I, yeah. I do think your ideas were actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
0: <exactly. laughs> I'm an innovator, you know, so uh, we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk more about that maybe on an upcoming Patreon pod yeah. or something. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, tomorrow we're uh, going to be watching the, um, I guess it'll be like at 9 a.m. here in Las Vegas. We're yeah. watching the Charity Shield, So yeah. which should be really instructive. The Community nope.
1: Shield, Josh.
0: Is it, yeah, they, didn't they used to call it the Charity Shield? I feel like that's what they used to call it back in the day. And yeah, is it, yeah.
1: Did the word charity some, so somehow fall out of favor? I think
0: they stopped giving the money to charity, and so now <laughs> they don't call it the Charity <laughs> yeah. Shield anymore.
1: Right. It all it all goes to uh, it all goes to far flung uh, oil barons now. <laughs> um, before we jump into those team previews, though, and enough about Vegas. Vegas is great. We're going to be here for another couple of days. We're looking forward to that. Just a few quick promotional notes for those of you who want to say thanks to us, me and Josh, the cheaters and get more FPL content in return. Please check us out at patreon.com slash always cheating, where you can get more FPL content preseason bonus stuff is in full swing. Hundreds of managers are out there sharing strategy on our Slack message board. We've got weekly ad free bonus pods running plus We've got leagues, monthly leagues, Josh, where you're going to get a free T-shirt. We're giving away a T-shirt every month. T-shirt giveaways. Yeah, so uh, head over to our Patreon page and support us if you can. And, Josh, one last thing, a shout-out for our very first live ticketed event happening Saturday, September 10th. We're going to throw a graphic up on the big board right now. New York City, September 10th. Visit Fest. Let me get that out. fest-nyc.com for details and tickets. We're going to be watching Game Week 7 matches together along with uh, a live podcast recording. Yeah, we're in Las Vegas doing a studio recording today, September 10th. Josh, you and I are going to be in Brooklyn with all of our friends and our fans doing a raucous recording. That's going to be fun. You can also have a chance to meet Fantasy Football Scout founder Mark Southerns and Premier League pundit, Gianni Buttici, two legends of the FPL game, both of whom are flying over from the UK along with Ed, who leads the Fest team. We're going to have an FPL quiz, a kick around, and the venue's indoor pitch, and so much more. That's fest-nyc.com, and we hope to see you all there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, we already have I – mean, it looks like we're we'll going to be well over
1: 100 people at
0: that event, which is yeah. really exciting. So, yeah. um, so that's – yeah, that, this is like as quick as we've ever gotten through the early episode –
1: Promo well, stuff, yeah, so. because I think if you go back to our teams twenty through eleven team preview, that clocked in at an hour and fifty minutes. <laughs> do you think we can do better than that, Josh? And I, by better, I think I mean maybe a little shorter.
0: I mean, I, the way, the pace we're going, this is yeah. gonna be like a thirty seven minute pod. So <laughs> I, I I think we can. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump right into it. We, yeah. well, just as a reminder, you can go back and you can listen to teams twenty through eleven. That podcast is already is already up. Um, and what we're doing is just to make things a little bit different because normally when you do a to W whatever yeah. the last team is alphabetically.
1: Uh it's going to be Wolves this year.
0: Yeah, by the time you get to Wolves, we're out of energy, that team yeah. never gets any attention. So, I thought we'd mix it up a little bit. Um and so we predicted the Premier League table 20 to 11. Now we're doing 10 to 1. So, I think we should just jump right into it and do yeah. um do the top 10.
1: So, who do we have at number 10? So, uh I feel like do you want if you're a supporter of this club, are you going to feel good being at number 10 uh, before we mention the team or are you going to feel a little disappointed?
0: Uh, I think, I mean, Crystal Palace finishing in 10th. I I mean, to me, that's top of the table. Uh I think they would be, they'd be thrilled. I mean, especially, you know, so they, you know, basically sort of quick recap, Roy Hodgson, you know, steered the ship for many years, did a very nice job. And then Patrick Vieira comes in, takes them to a mid-table finish. And they were solid offensively and defensively. Um, You know, one, the big, you know, concern going into next season is they lost Connor Gallagher. Right, this amazing player, great hair, great energy, wonderful hair. Yeah. I uh, want to know what
1: how he balances how often he washes his hair because there's a certain look you can can't get, wash that kind of hair. Get too some much. like natural yeah. grease in there that helps it, uh, you know, sort of stay stay down, stay manageable.
0: He certainly can't shampoo it more than like once a week. You know? I mean, it's it's going to mess it up otherwise. Yeah,
1: you, you, he does mail order for like actual <laughs> horse shampoo, like horse mane shampoo. <laughs> Uh,
0: so he was great, uh-huh. and uh, the club's hoping uh, a cheek and another decore joining the league. Brandon um, can get close to approximately what he did. You know, that's a little bit different. He's he's you know he's five million in fantasy, but he's a really, you know he's more of a box to box player. It doesn't seem based on his previous track return that he has the kind of goal scoring instincts, aggression that yeah. Counter Gallagher has. So I'm not I'm not sure what we're going to be getting uh, from him. So but, but the whole thing with 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 Palace to start the season. From a, from a fantasy perspective, is that poor early fixtures. So they're a full-on wait-and-see club. I wouldn't really recommend bringing in anybody from their squad early okay. on because they play Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City in three of the first four matches. Yep. From there, it's not bad, right? So once you get into game week five, but no one's thinking that far ahead mm-hmm. right now, right? Once, once you get into game week five, it looks a little bit better. Brentford, Newcastle. I,
1: I feel like with palace if you flash back what like like eight years ago when they first gained their recent promotion to the top flight it seemed like 10 weeks into the season they were always bottom and like in trouble and the new crystal palace the current crystal crystal palace under hodgson Vieira, you always know that they're no matter how tough the opening fixtures might be they're still going to be in the mix come the holidays
0: yeah, and I, I think there are, I mean, what, what is in the mix, you know? Well, not yeah. in, the, <laughs>
1: yeah. in the mix for not being relegated, <laughs> I guess I could say.
0: <laughs> so who, here's who they've got, yeah. right? So in terms of, you know, who you might want to target at some point this season. Yeah. Uh, you got Will Zaha uh-huh, for any old, you know, a decade on at, at this point. I think it's, I think it was 2012 when Palace first came up. Yeah. Um, so a decade on, he's been there almost the entire time. He had that kind of short spell at Man United, it didn't work out, went back. Um, Had his best-ever return last season, so really shined under Vieira. He had uh, uh, 14, his best-ever returns in goals and fantasy points, right? So he had 14 goals last season, 150 total points. Um, This, however, was against an XG of 9.4, so pretty significant overperformance. And then the non-penalty XG was 4, it's right? incredible so to so, so take pens away yeah. he's on four goals last season roughly right based on what you'd expect him to yeah. to get so but if you look at the yeah. goals
1: he's scoring he he has really mastered that uh bending shot from you know 16 18 yards out he can really pick his spot with his shot which is why i think he can overperform his xg like that yeah i
0: think you're right i mean i feel like he um I don't know. I feel, you know, it's like you kind of know what you're getting with him. Like he can bend one from from out, you know, yeah. outside the box. But it does feel like in general, you kind of know what you're getting with Patrick. You know, with with, with Will Zaha. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I think the player that I'm kind of most interested in in line with Zaha would be um, Abrechi a, a Eze, who mm-hmm. uh, had a had some bad injury problems over the last couple of years. Five point five midfielder though, really dynamic, really exciting. Like I remember at the end of the. I guess it was the 2020-2021 season. He, um, you know, really started to shine, immediately got injured. Yeah. And then looked good when he came back at the end of last season. Right. Scored twice already in preseason, had uh, four goals and eight assists the previous season. So, you know, there's a lot to like, uh, uh, you know, about as a, I mean. And this is when, when
1: people say they're concerned about Palace because Connor Gallagher isn't coming back. As a he might play a little bit farther forward than Gallagher did, but he's a great carrier of the ball. I think he can bring a certain level of creativity that will make up for the lack of that uh, dynamism of Connor Gallagher.
0: I hope so. You know, I like Pellets. Like, when sense. we when we I like the team, <laughs> I want I want to go to Sellhurst Park. For anyone who doesn't know, the Ted Lasso TV show is filmed at Sellhurst Park. Yeah. So um it's kind of like, I mean, you know, whether you I mean, I like the show. Sure, you know. Now it feels like because people didn't like the second season, you have to like.
1: Yeah, you know. But we're not here to put Ted Lasso on trial. We're talking (laughs) about Palace, exactly.
0: So you have you have Eze, who I think is is one to watch. You have Michael Elise, uh, who's at five point five million as well. A lot of five point five million midfielders right Mm -hmm. now. It's very the five point five million minutes and the eight million are the 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 two which has got tons of options um you know just he's only 20 uh but he's excited the fan base especially the second half of last season mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't played in preseason due to a foot injury so again just wait and see is kind of the recurring theme uh, right. with crystal palace here uh, then you've got bateta, eduard benteke that's avoid 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 in uh-huh. my opinion i would just stay away <laughs> from all of them uh keeper wise it's kind of interesting they they signed uh johnstone remember johnstone the west brom keeper? i do yeah, yeah. i do yeah, not a bad good. keeper right not bad yeah
1: <laughs> I, but but yeah. you're not considering him for a game week one draft it's
0: well been he's he's been injured in preseason so i think he's you know it's it's not clear if he's gonna be ready by game week one anyway so i, I just sort of stay off uh stay away from him uh Decore, five goals across 117 appearances this is the connor gallagher replace we were talking about yeah. so not really feeling that what is cool they signed an american 22-year-old Chris Richards. A lot of Americans during the Premier League this year.
1: Yeah, Chris Richards is interesting because as a follower of the U.S. men's team, don't really know a whole lot about him. He's he's like had precious few caps, but suddenly yeah. he's, he's he's summited the the Premier League well, mountain.
0: It's happened to Landon Donovan too. Like mm-hmm. going to Bayern isn't always the, sometimes you go to a club that's almost too big. Yeah, You right. know, I mean, Pulis, Pulisic is almost dealing with this right now, right? You know, it's like, it's like you almost want to beat Clint Dempsey sometimes. Mm-hmm. Be like the best player on a, bottom half of the table. You want to be Will
1: Zaha.
0: Yeah, you want to be, be Will Zaha. Exactly. That's not a bad place to uh-huh. be. Yeah. Um, so anyway, was I, what was I talking about? Sam Johnstone?
1: Yeah, you're talking about Johnstone. <laughs> What's up with Johnstone?
0: Well, you know, he's 4.5 million. He's, you know, probably going to take the spot from Gaita at some point. But either way, enough worry, enough ambiguity there. Yeah. That's it's just a total stay away from me. Um, defensively, you've got Mark Gahey, who I think a lot of us really liked, you know, center back who really... Um, you know played well i mean maybe not reflected totally in the returns two goals one assist 11 clean sheets but um you know i think he's kind of a lock for that team he's also playing to see if he can get into um the english team for the Mm -hmm. world cup so there's a chance he could be a center back for the world cup it's kind of this you know theme that we're going to see throughout the the fall is a lot of players playing for a spot you know in the Qatar world cup Uh, i can't remember exactly what do you remember what game week it is when the season effectively goes to a stop. I think it's like, it's like November 12th is the day. And then I think okay. it's like game week 15 or something. Yeah. About.
1: What we have talked about ad nauseum as Americans, as we know, the world cup does open the day after our big holiday Thanksgiving. So, yes. but, but of course the premier league has got a yeah. halt. to allow all these players to travel, get with their yeah. national team warm up a bit.
0: Is it, does it actually kick off that day? Or I think it's just that England and the U S play that
1: day. Ah, uh, right, right. And, I got you. I got so you. Fr- yeah. So on th- it kicks off for me then. Yeah, so on
0: Thanksgiving, we celebrate our freedom from the yoke of English tyranny. Yeah, And then the next day, we play them in the World Cup to decide who is the greater country. Sure, three lions.
1: This only ends one way. We've already fought a war over it. (laughs) Can can you quickly go back to the mids, the 5.5 mids? Because last episode, we talked a lot about Pedro Neto and wolves. And if you're new to FPL, you might be wondering, why are we so high on wolves and Pedro Neto to start? when you've got Crystal Palace finishing, you know, well, like around five places higher than them, than them on the table, and it's all down to the fixtures for Palace and a little bit of uncertainty with the lineup.
0: I also think there's a slot consideration uh-huh. that you can think about. It's a little different than for somebody who's maybe new to fantasy and isn't used to pricing and price tiers and, and sort of working within a budget. You know, in fantasy, if you want to, you know, to bring somebody in a waiver, like, in, like American-style fantasy, if you want to mm-hmm. bring someone in the waiver wire, you just bring them in right but in 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 Premier League fantasy, you really need to make sure they fit into your price budget. So if you know if you want a 5.5 million player, part of the value of that is they're like, 16 options right and so you can move very easily from one to the other if somebody kind of takes up kind of the same with the eight million midfielders um whereas you have this kind of weird like a bruno fernandez it's 10 million mm-hmm. that's know a weird spot you know in terms of like who, what you do with him what you do with the money left over you know otherwise but it's kind of nice you can just move right from one to the other with these 5.5 right with all that said stay away from crystal palace <laughs> early on i i wouldn't i would not target them i would stay away um and i think I'm excited about the, you know, we put them in the top half of our table, but I think we can move on to our number nine team.
1: All right, number nine. Leicester City, uh, we're placing them at number nine, and I think it's odd because we're more excited about the Palace team. I am kind of down on Leicester, but you do have to appreciate the quality of players that Leicester does have. Brendan Rodgers is a manager who is generally fun to talk about, maybe yeah. take the piss out of from Time to time. He's,
0: he's David Brent. I mean, there's, yeah, exactly. Or Michael Scott. Yeah.
1: But you have to admit through his career, he, he more often than not kind of knows what he's doing. So I think Lester sort of is getting the benefit of the doubt coming out of the preseason, going into the start of the season. We've got them at number nine. Now they, they had uh, a weird season last in that it was a relatively unremarkable premier league campaign, but they, went all the way to the final of the uh, Europa Conference League. Right. And and losing that, it's all just sort of like, you get to the end yeah. of the season for Leicester, and you're just like, what did we do it all for? I
0: think it was the semifinal. The semifinal, yeah. Or, yeah. Even worse in some ways.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. At least they didn't even get the, the great day out for, <laughs> for the final. So if, if, you, if you look now, just looking ahead to the 22-23 season for Leicester, the preseason results one man emerges and it is Harvey Barnes and uh, shout out to our friends at FML FPL. I think that they compared Harvey Barnes to who could be the Jared Bowen of this season, right. The, the sort of under the radar uh, attacking mid who could break out for 18 goals. Uh, Harvey Barnes has already scored, uh, three goals in, in the preseason you look it back at last season, lots of injuries for him. He still came out with six goals and, can you believe this, 12 assists? I really don't know how he wow. accomplished that. I
0: had him for like eight weeks, and I got like zero goals and zero assists. So I don't know where these this, these 12 assists came
1: from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, the the guys who who have led Leicester in preseason minutes going into the start of the season, Barnes, Dewsbury Hall, we'll talk about him in a moment, Pat Daka, who is – he was a new signing for Leicester last season has basically become a backup to whoever is the preferred striker, whether it's Yanacho yeah. or, or Jamie we were, Vardy. I was
0: excited about DACA
1: going into last season. You were very pro yeah. DACA. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not come to pass, which is not to say that it, it can't. Uh, and Wesley Fofana, who is retur- a returning center back, spent much uh, of last yeah. season on the sideline with injury. I think with Johnny Evans kind of getting on in age, uh, and uh, Amarte probably not preferred to uh, to have him there. And I'm blanking on the name of the the Turkish center back. Remind me. Uh, Sayuncu? Yeah, Sayuncu. So uh, if Brendan Rodgers had his way, he, he'd play Fafana. He'd start him at center back. Yeah. Uh, and he's shown that in preseason minutes. One worrying note with Leicester is there's not been a lot of action for them in the uh, the transfer market this summer. The only real rumor is that Legendary keeper Casper Schmeichel could be on his way out. Sounds like weird, yeah, weird move. So it it sort of smacks of something happening in the locker room, and is Schmeichel's so much of his identity apart from him being the son of a, a probably more famous goalkeeper is him being Leicester City's talisman, him trying to rescue the owner and other people from a helicopter crash from him just making basically just being an incredible goalkeeper for I guess the
0: it Pacers. sounds exhausting when you put it that way <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah maybe, maybe it's just, he's just he's worn out
1: yeah exactly his tour his his watch <laughs> has ended uh and if he's got an opportunity to go collect a, a big paycheck from Nice why not where the, that opens a door in fantasy because right now basically the only playable goalkeeper that Brendan Rodgers has is Danny Ward who is priced at 4.0 so that is a potential, I, I don't think anybody would recommend yeah. take Danny Ward as your starting. I
0: goal. mean, if he's the only, if he was the only keeper, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be, I would be starting Danny Ward in game week one, you know, a 4 million starter. I mean, you,
1: you could at you least set him as him your backup keeper because you're not going to find anybody cheaper than that at, at the moment. Uh, other good guys from Leicester that stand out as you're looking at your game week one draft, you've got Ricardo Pereira, who is a very buccaneering Fullback, uh one goal and three assists last season and i think there was more potential for him the appeal with ricardo pereira now is 4.5 i mean i think we should talk a little bit about lester's opening yeah. fixtures to say are are we actually willing to invest in them game yeah. week 1
0: they're better than i was expecting i yeah. i hadn't really dug into that because like kind of like you it's like there's something it's like they need they need someone new it's like yeah. you know, the, the lacking DACA. yeah you know like like the the, the daka sign didn't work out so far, mm-hmm.
1: you know, so but it was far.
0: exciting that he was in. There was somebody new.
1: I yeah, know. and I and you know, you need a team like this to have a star. And the question about Vardy, which we can touch upon in a moment, is is he still carrying all that burden on his shoulders? But yeah, to start the season, Leicester are home hosting Brentford, a team that has a lot of question marks. So that feels pretty good. Like I feel very confident starting. Sure. Uh, a defender or somebody like Harvey Barnes in that match.
0: A match has Jamie Vardy Brace written all over it, right? Opening weekend, home to Brentford.
1: But there are some curious fixtures in the mixed here. Away, uh, Arsenal in game week two. Home, Southampton. Away, Chelsea. Home hosting, Manchester United. It's like the home fixtures for Leicester are looking good, and then away is the moment you may want to rotate any gambles that you're making on this leicester squad
0: i I like by the way we're using the fantasy football scout fixture rating uh colors here yeah and i like that the easy ones are blue the hard ones are red and then man united just gray nobody knows nobody knows (laughs) nobody knows
1: what to expect for these guys yeah uh other good guys going back to the defense you've got both james justin and wesley fofana both at 4.5 you know, rule of fantasy. Try to go for the wingbacks and fullbacks if you can to get yeah. more fantasy points. But Fofana, uh, he's no slouch on set pieces, and I right. think of all of these guys, uh, he's probably most assured of, of minutes. So he's he's not a terrible. I mean, pick. your
0: boy James Justin is just hanging there, Brandon, like an actual your boy,
1: not yeah. like one of these fake no. ones. Yeah, yeah. no, he's not sometimes. a fake your boy. Like uh-huh. I do love James Justin. <laughs> Uh, of course, he was injured for so much of last right. season that we've lost the narrative with James Justin. I think you know you don't you don't suddenly stop being a great player. I mean, look at Virgil Van Dyke came back from you know being sidelined by a yeah. meniscus and our ACL tear. It's Virgil Van Dyke, though. It, it's yeah. true. Yeah, we're not going to compare VVD to to James Justin, but uh, I feel like where I'm at with a lot of these guys personally is. The price is right for all of them. Right. Let's keep an eye on them for when it inevitably doesn't work out with our other 4.5. That's defenders. true.
0: That's true. It's nice. I don't even know. Like, I, I guess I'm going to have a 4.5 one, but again, is that like a slot thing where it just sort of makes sense? You yeah. know, like you, very easy to move to all these kind of cheap, I, cheap 4.5. I, I think so.
1: Yeah, but right, speaking of 4.5, Daniel Amarte, uh, we've got a problem Houston. Uh, he was he was a great pick last season because through injury, he came to play a lot of minutes at 4.0.
0: Was he even even then? It was like he got nothing from it. Really? Yeah. And,
1: and, and I don't want new managers coming to the FPL site thinking, oh, Amarty played a lot of minutes last season. He's relatively cheap at 4.5. I think he's a, a clear stay away. So now I've got three kind of controversial figures here. We've got Ian Acho at forward at 6.5. Last season, four goals, six assists, which was a huge disappointment after his breakthrough with Leicester the previous season. Yeah. You've got Jamie Vardy, who was another injury last season for Leicester, now coming back with three goals and four assists, and he's at 9.5. It's, it seems to be the, like James Justin, when he had his breakout year, you're like, well, is he just going to lose his spot when other players become fit? Always wondering if, like, you should hold on to this guy. Similarly with Jamie Vardy, you're like, how? When is he going to be too old?
0: I mean, is that right? He even have three goals and four assists last season, did he? Is that, that's what you've written down here. No, he had he had fifteen goals and three assists.
1: Yeah, right. He had his he had that huge spurt at the uh, at the end of last season to to get him there. So uh, nine point five. He's competing for space with Erling Holland, Harry Kane, Gabriel Jesus. And then you've got promoted strikers and Solanke and Mitrovic. Can you, can you spare a thought for Jamie Vardy?
0: Oh, I can spare many thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he is like an actual, I, I can see a version of my team that had Jamie Vardy. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I mean, part of the problem is that it, it, it's just whether we, we want to have three up front, right? Yeah. If you want to have Kane and you want to have Gabriel Jesus, can you find room for, For a Jamie Vardy is 9.5. Now, there's probably a way to do that. It probably requires you to downgrade in two different spots, right? You turn an 8 million midfielder into Marcus Rashford, let's say, Mm -hmm. right? Save 1.5. And then you probably just take a premium defender and turn that into something cheaper as well. And then you can get there. So it's not, you know, it it can be done. I mean, I think that Brentford fixture is great. I just, yeah, I think in terms of, like, long-term, like, structure... I'm not yeah. in love with it, and so I think that's that's the problem.
1: He's an interesting. Let's attack game week one and right. wild card early sort of a pick. So yes. I don't want to I don't want to down talk the Vardy pick because I think there is a viable strategy somewhere in there that is not there with yeah. Iannaccio. He's
0: probably going to score in that Arsenal game yeah. too.
1: Yeah. To. The the player that like really confuses me is Dewsbury Hall because he 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 seems to have a a somewhat like hybrid 8-6 role. He's yeah. kind of all over the place. Sometimes he looks more attacking. I wonder if he's deceiving me there. One goal, two assists, but I think people expect that he might be more. He's another one who would be trying to play himself into an England World Cup squad. Right. Uh, but, some of that Connor
0: Gallagher yeah. fire yeah. You know, gets forward.
1: Right. So uh, I think overall with Lester, interesting picks, uh, uh, not terribly convinced with the narrative of the team going into the start of the season. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not going to start with any of these guys. Maybe we've got Danny Ward as my yeah. backup goalkeeper.
0: I know. It feels like we're like, we're at the top half of the table here. <laughs> we, we started off on kind of a grim note here, you know, yeah. with, with these. I, I think I think in both cases, we're just, we're looking for some new signings, right? Like yeah. some, like a little more fresh blood, you know, yeah. both of them. So, and it's hard to say. I mean, you know, we, obviously we can't hold off on these team previews until, after the transfer deadline, but I think a lot of these squads will change a fair amount yeah. uh, down, down the stretch. I think Everton is one. We talked about last week's podcast. They need some new signings for sure. Um, although Dwight McNeil had a brace today for Everton. So, hey, like... Only 22. I just assumed he was older than that. I could not believe he was only 22 years There's old. There's so
1: much ahead for Dwight McNeil. I mean, he's Future's accomplished, bright. he's accomplished so much so far in his career. Where, well, where else could he go?
0: But he is one of these guys. He's kind of like, um, like Patrick Bamford or something. He, you know, mm-hmm. Dwight, I think McNeil came through the Man United, you know, uh, you know, system. And so yeah. he's got like, he's got like a little bit of a pedigree and then he's just sort of been hanging out in and Burnley, I'm not sure anybody really shines in that Burnley attack, unless you're like a six foot five
1: okay. forward,
0: you know? So I, I think, I think he's got some potential. I, I've always liked Dwight McNeil.
1: Yeah. All right. I don't know how we started talk about Dwight McNeil from Leicester. You can't resist talking about your boys. It's true. Uh, let's talk about the next team. Position number eight in our predicted premier league table is
0: Newcastle okay. eight. What a turnaround. I mean, this is a team that it looked like they actually, you know, so they got Bob by the Saudis last year, like uh, they're now owned by, like, a government, basically. Which, you know, given where they were at the start of last season with Mike Ashley, who I think owns, like, a number of sporting goods stores or something like that sure. in Newcastle, like, throughout England. Yeah. Sports Direct. Is yep, that the name that's of that? right. Yeah. yeah.
1: You yeah. you would know it by the giant Sports Direct banners all over <laughs> St. James Park.
0: Right. So they had the controversial uh, ownership switch that happened. And they, they they actually, I have to say, they bought very smartly in January. They brought in Bruno Bruno Gamarish, and... Down saying that correctly, I think but, you're close you know, enough, close enough yeah, yeah. You're
1: close enough,
0: and uh, you know, they brought in Matt Target, they brought in um, Dan Byrne, Dan Byrne, you know, and a lot of Kieran Trippier, Kieran Trippier, yeah. All smart, nothing was like insane, hmm. right? They they weren't like, okay, yeah, we're just gonna spend 100 million and bring in you know, some some massive forward who like the club isn't quite ready. Well, to, to take on how
1: that. where do you classify Chris Wood in that spectrum?
0: No, I mean, in terms of, like, dollar amount, right? They didn't, uh, like, they didn't like okay. buy Neymar uh, in January
1: or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. So yeah.
0: so they, they turned things around completely, were basically safe by, I don't even remember, something like April. And this was after they were, like, dead last mm-hmm. in, the like in, in in genuine deep trouble.
1: Um, it, I loved how the, uh, the conversation quickly flipped from, uh, yeah, this team is in trouble, to how quickly can they make the top four in the next decade? Right.
0: And so we have them eighth here, which feels like...
1: They're on their they're, way. They're on
0: their way. Exactly. they, they could sneak into a Europe, European place. That would not be you know, a total shocker. Um, they have a great start to the season. They play uh, Forest, Brighton, Wolves. You know, we keep saying Brighton's a bad fixture. Is that a, 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 like a pretty good fixture? I feel like that is not a terrible... Like, like, that is not a, actually a good fixture. Like, I would not want to go to the Amex and play especially if it was any kind of like yeah. non-top six.
1: Club. Yeah. The Amex is in that zone of, we all talk about it like it's a fortress. Yeah. Uh, we need a fortress index for the Premier League.
0: We do. Oh, that's like, that's future pod content uh-huh. right there.
1: Kings of the Game Week, uh-huh.
0: Fortress Index. Yeah. Kit Talk. There's a lot of things we can still Vegas do. is
1: bringing yeah. out some great ideas in us. All your virtual reality ideas, Josh. Yeah. And now I and wish now the, we
0: could stop the pod right now, and I could just do 30 minutes on where VR should be going. Yeah, guys, again. just change
1: the graphic to our <laughs> VR looking ahead graphic. I think that would be great.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Forest, Brighton, Wolves, Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, a lot of, if not winnable fixtures, fixtures where they could certainly score goals, right? And, you know, I think they do play Man City and Liverpool, but, I mean, you know, we're talking about eight fixtures ahead. There's a lot of, very rarely you're going to see, like, a, a, just a, a clean run of, no difficult matches. I think it's about as good a start as, as any other club has. And so I'm certainly looking at a couple of players uh, for, for the team. I mean, you have uh, Trippier and you have um, Nick Pope, who signed in the summer. Yeah. And um, Trippier, it's kind of interesting because he he kind of feels like a new signing because he came in, played well, and then kind of immediately got injured. Um, available for only $5 a so reasonable price. Um, Nick Pope's in the same category, actually. You know, consistently a top asset. Played for Burnley. You know, Burnley did have a defensive setup that probably helped him a little bit. Yeah. But ultimately, in some ways, there's only so much you can do when you're not when you don't have any attacking talent. Like you're just you're going to constantly be kind of on the back foot. Right. Yeah.
1: And the one of the benefits for Nick Pope is, yeah, the, as you say, the defensive setup, they were very tight and they tried to limit sh- the opposition's shot selection to shots that were farther away from the goal frame. So, you know, that's where you're going to get all of these saves or low percentage shots that I mean that's that's why Pope sort of comes out looking like the great shot stopper that he is.
0: I do think he's a great shot stopper though. No I doubt. like him. Yeah. No doubt. So I I mean do you think do you think Pope or Pickford should be the starting keeper for England or somebody else?
1: Yeah, well on shot stopping alone you'd go Pope, but what Southfield apparently likes so much about uh Jordan Pickford is his distribution. Like that's something that South yeah. uh, Southgate has worked really hard with with Pickford on and that's how he sort of like lead, starts the England attack so can Pope at Newcastle can Eddie Howe uh turn Nick Pope into a distribution machine yeah I don't know
0: well you know and Pickford we're just gonna talk about Everton apparently in this podcast <laughs> oh, a lot, but Pickford you know only 4.5 million one of the most affordable players one of the most affordable keepers you can have people have asked us you know should like how does the World Cup in November, right, the, the this first ever mid-season World Cup, mm-hmm. how, is that, it, how does that impact your your fantasy strategy? And I have been thinking that it, it it really won't, you know, because of the wild cards and when we're going to play them and the fact that you have unlimited transfers when the season comes back. But what I haven't maybe taken into account enough are the players who really want to push for an England spot mm-hmm. and whether that does take them to another level, you know. doesn't mean I'm going to bring in Pickford necessarily, but, you know, I mean, we can sort of see early on, like if Pickford looks like he's going to be terrific right now and he's that cheap in the game like i am my whole strategy this season is i'm going to be kind of like as our friend john t says a little bit of a dullard
1: Mm -hmm. you know
0: when it goes into game week one keep it very simple very much like everybody else not planning to go five at the back but other than that i'm I'm going to keep it very very similar uh and then pivot as quickly as possible right move right into um adjust 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 you know that's sort of my that's my game plan there um but anyway Back to back to Newcastle. Um, so top players, a lot of interesting attacking players here. You have Callum Wilson, great forward. The seven, truth, Callum the Truth Wilson. Yeah, seven point five million, eight goals last season. Down from twelve the season before, but he was injured for twenty matches. Yeah. So ultimately, that's what eight goals in eighteen matches. That's that's not bad, right? Double that at sixteen and. Thirty-six. My head, know, my I head's am.
1: spinning from the math. Josh.
0: Slow down. <laughs> uh, and I mean, there's almost not much to be said about about Callum Wilson. You kind of know what you're getting. You're going to get roughly eight to twelve goals mm-hmm. every year, and um, I expect expect kind of the same this season. In fact, I I wouldn't be surprised to be actually kicked on a little bit better. I, I don't see him as a twenty-goal forward, okay. uh, but because he's going to be supported by a stronger defense and a stronger midfield, almost that almost helps him more than than up front. I think the the real question right now and sort of as we were preparing for this podcast is who is going to start on the right wing for Newcastle, mm-hmm. probably going to be a new signing ultimately. Um, at the moment, it looks like there's a couple players who are sort of competing for that spot. You've got um, you've got Almiron over there. probably battling with, with Frazier for the, uh, for the right wing spot. Either one. These are just, not
1: names that are uh, filling me with great confidence.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not definitely with like a ton of confidence either, but they are, they are available there. Um, and you've got say, maximum six point five back back to being classified as a midfielder, so that's yeah. kind of a nice change. Um, five goals and seven assists. I think he's probably the most entertaining player in the Premier League. He's the one that I'm sort of the most um, like. I, I just like had to sit down and like watch somebody's YouTube videos. Sure, it's probably him. He'd just, be right up just there. Just
1: search "step over" on YouTube, and I'm sure he'll come up.
0: So he did. You know, he had three goals and five assists the year before. Pushed on, finished with five goals and seven assists last season. Mm -hmm. So a nice improvement from him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's cheap, 6.5. He's in that Marcus Rashford range. Mm -hmm. You know, not bad.
1: Cheap-ish. I think 6.5 should be cheap-ish. Because uh, if I'm looking at lots of drafts right now for for myself, 6.5 is the third midfielder spot. uh, If you're not going super heavy up top. So you know, I'm I'm calling you out there. I'm going to say it's cheapish, not cheap.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one has talked about him. I have not heard anybody recommend Saint Max for
1: yeah.
0: a, a spot in your fantasy team. I mean, I, I don't even know what his what his ownership well, is right it, now. Well, yes. you had to guess. Is it under five percent?
1: Um, I want to say it's right at five percent exactly. All right, I'm going to go under. I'm going to guess okay. like
0: three point two
1: percent. Okay, Saint I feel Max. I feel like the while you're looking that up, FPL. I thought we all thought it was odd how FPL reclassed St. Max last season to a forward because he's not a forward. Right. And that, but then it, it kind of worked because that made St. Max kind of an interesting FPL pick. Now that he's back in the forward slot. Right. It's almost like his FPL potential is diminished.
0: Not that either of us ever had him.
1: No, the, the no. Yeah. He's one of those great uh, um, FPL players where, Sure. It's fun to talk about it. It's like as fun to talk about St. Max in fantasy as it is to watch him, to own him yep. is just a whole different ballgame. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That is true. Like maybe it's better not to have him in fantasy because yeah. then you can just actually enjoy his play.
1: All right. Ownership level?
0: 7.4%. Uh,
1: okay. It's I was totally. closest then. Thank yeah. You. Yeah.
0: Double what I was expecting. Um, so he is, I got I suppose he's one to watch. I mean, I talked about Bruno G already. Yeah. Um, 6 million signed in January. Box to box played probably a little farther forward last year than he will this season. I mean, I think I think if all goes well with transfers, with with the performance of players up front, he should be doing more of this kind of like link up play. You know, like sort of. I mean, you know, like everybody needs a great box to box to box player. I mean, to 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 be a. You know, to to get a European spot, right? And so that that should be what he does. He was terrific at the last end of last season, both both from like a real world perspective, yeah. and then he was also really good in fantasy a lot of the time too. He was really valuable for for some of their some of their double game weeks down the line. So I think he's. I mean, at six million, and the fact that they play Forest, Brighton, Wolves, the three of the first four, I don't think he's an insane early pick. Yeah. Like it's you have to know that you're not getting a number ten. Right. And that you're getting somebody who might get goals just because he's so good Mm -hmm. and not because it's necessarily like he's not going to get easy goals like 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 the way like a a more advanced player might because they're in the right place at the right time.
1: It's sort of a uh, given that we're in Vegas right now at the wonderful Blue Wire Studios in Wynn Las Vegas. Well done. uh, Got to do. Are we are are we contracted to do like a name check every (laughs) every 30 minutes? Um, He's he's like a fun double down. It's yeah. a bit of a gamble if yep. you're if you're looking to have a little bit of a, a little bit of fun and the way you sort of position uh, your strategy a moment ago the way we're looking at game week one is we're shying away from the gambles but then come game week two that's when it's kind of it's on uh, that's when yeah. we're gonna throw it's all the chips down exactly insane mm-hmm.
0: I, I like to have it going into game week one I would like to have one player yeah. that. Almost nobody has. It's just more fun yeah. for me to have at least one one player that I can kind of that that weekend he gets to be my little, little uh-huh. guy. You know, <laughs> they get to root for. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see who that is. Maybe it's Brandon, your boy, Joe Linton. You know, it's hard to say.
1: I'm happy to have Joe Ellington, Joe Linton in my your boy family. <laughs> I do like he seems like a fun dude.
0: Classified as a six million mid. Yeah. So he's he's he used to be a forward, but he actually it's it's an appropriate classification because they sort of reinvented him. Anyhow, who I've always liked. I like a lot of managers. Very likable guy, friend, yeah. including Eddie Howe. Uh, and so, um, kind of reinvented himself. Maybe he is good now. I don't really know. It's confusing to me mm-hmm. still. So I have in my head that he's bad,
1: and so well, uh, bad. It. Bad as a fantasy pick or bad IRL.
0: Bad IRL. Okay. You know, bad LOL. You know, I feel <laughs> like that's.
1: I would push back. I do think he has been genuinely good for Newcastle, and that reinvented. Sort of yeah, sixth I, well, role, I guess, he's playing. That's what I mean, yeah. the new version. So right.
0: four goals and two assists last year, but it kind of wasn't until Howe came in that they mm. figured out what what to do with him. Mm. So I think that he's one to watch. I suppose I like him a little less than Bruno, even though he's more advanced, just because I just think Bruno's really good, you know? Mm. And it's sort of, but I don't know. I mean, the, the, the problem with Bruno is he's kind of like, it's kind of like having um, like Jordan Henderson <laughs> in your fantasy team. Like Jordan Henderson's a great player. Jordan sure. Henderson is going to get some assists. Balls to Mo Salah. He's yep. going to score some balls, goals, knots at the box. Mm-hmm. Is that the best use of your money? Having no. Jordan Henderson? No, I think we'll um, just,
1: you know, we're not going to waste time. We'll, we'll, we'll waste time doing other things on the show, I'm sure, but not, <laughs> not with the Jordan Henderson argument. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about the defenders. Then. Yeah. All right. We, we talked about Trippier already. I think a great contender because he's he's basically going to own that right wing. I mean, the the right right back spot, and you know, scores free kicks. I think he was taking corners at least before he got sure. injured. Yeah. yeah.
1: Would you would you think it's fair to say to call Trippier a uh, a Trent who is two point five million cheaper?
0: No, I wouldn't say that. I'm not. Sa- remember, I, no, I'm not because- saying he's
1: a replacement for Trent, but he he's he's offering that level of upside.
0: I don't think so. I mean, because I remember when I mean I feel like the the Trippier stuff has gotten like a little a little out of hand. I mean, I remember Tell him. When, why? Well, I remember him when he was at Spurs and he wasn't Trent. Like yeah. he was okay, like he was pretty good, you yeah. know. Like had some attacking returns. Your uh, your
1: favorite trippier moments were his Burnley moments, right?
0: Did he did he play
1: for yeah, yeah. he did play for Burnley yeah. for a while right.
0: yeah he was okay for them too and so this idea it's almost like because he got injured the second half of last season he keeps getting elevated uh-huh. you know but he is only five million so he's worth he's worth considering the okay. player that I'm now considering though Brandon is my boy Sven Botman. Sure. Can I say that again, my boy Sven Botman.
1: Yeah, roll that back.
0: Twenty-two year old, four point five million center back from mm-hmm. Lille. Three goals, one assist and twenty-five appearances. He's a big man, friend, a big lad. <laughs> um, I think he's like six foot four, right? Giant, giant center back has been playing in all of the preseason matches too. So it looks like he's going to slot right in. Four point five million player for Newcastle slots right in. Saves you a little money, you know. Like if Trippier is like a little too expensive. Maybe that allows you to have Ederson as your keeper, right? There's All some right. possibilities there. I see the ripple effect. Exactly. There's ripples. Mm-hmm. That's grateful Dead, great, grateful dead song just turned uh-huh. into a great way to manage uh-huh. your, your fantasy team, Brandon. So, um, yeah, he. you know, but I think that he's really, um, I think he's really one to watch. And the fact that he's- yeah. I think he's basically gonna lock in that that spot kind of right away. Um, in fact, to the to the point where he might actually be a replacement for Dan Byrne, who was terrific, but uh Byrne just a little a little slow. I think
1: that's part of the problem. He, is he feeling the feeling the
0: burn? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so, I think that's I like the way this conversation is going with Newcastle, where we started with two teams where we're like. Yeah, sure, but, you know, no thanks. And now you get to Newcastle where you see decisions. It's a justifiably complicated uh, decision tree with Newcastle, which I think means they're going to be a really fun team to grapple with in the fantasy season.
0: One final note on Newcastle, Matt Target was made official. Mm -hmm. Probably my fourth favorite defender on this Newcastle team. So he makes my top four. Oh, that's yeah, not good. bad yeah uh but he's uh he's crossed out at five million if he was 4.5 I'd be more excited um but he um you know got a little little, little bit of a cis threat um you know I just I wish like he and Jack Grealish could get back together you know I loved that I love that duo sure when they were villa together
1: yeah they are they're overlapping runs it was so weird to have that being one of the more Hollywood duos like I guess Gre- Grealish is so Hollywood that he needs to be paired with one of the more um, sort of deadpan players in the league. So go on, Matt Target. Go on, Matt Target. All right, so is that, does that round out our Newcastle evaluation?
0: One final shout-out, Joe Willock.
1: Ah, uh-huh. there's always one more.
0: <laughs> Five million midfielder, two goals and three assists last year. Mm-hmm. After an amazing eight-goal half-season performance when he went I was. Yeah. he was on loan from Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Was terrific. Probably helped Newcastle stay up. Mm-hmm. And, like, the ripple effect from there. Like, does Newcastle still get bought by the Saudi government if they
1: don't, wow. You know, stay up. That a true last sliding Willick moment. It is a sliding
0: Castle. Willick moment. I, w- I want that as a, um, I want that as like a like a graphic or something like the sliding Willick. We're gonna have to talk to our friend. <laughs> uh, our fr- yeah, our friend just just graphics. take
1: the movie poster for sliding doors, replace Gwyneth Peltrow with <laughs> Joseph Willick. Uh,
0: it, but so it looks like he's probably a pretty good chance he's gonna start. He has some competition from from uh, Maddie Longstaff. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that that tells you he should be able to push on from there. I mean, okay. Longstaff should should not be. Well, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want. To, I don't know any long staff slander here. So let's Fair, let's fine. move on from 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 uh, Newcastle to the number seven team. Who is that, Brendan?
1: Right number now? seven is West Ham, and you know I I think it's difficult to put West Ham at seven because they pushed on so well last season and mounted a really strong campaign both in the Premier League and in the Europa League. And David Moyes has fully made this team his own, and there is just like a bounty of fun attacking talent now on West Ham, a bounty, yeah. And the the trick with them is they have the worst conceivable start. I guess there is one worst possible start in that they would be away at the Hot. At least they host Manchester yeah. City in worst, game week worst,
0: one. Yeah, worst game week one. I think the the actual start isn't so bad.
1: Yeah, right. right. If you if you move beyond the city fixture in game week one, you're looking at uh, Forest. Brighton, the fortress that is Brighton, uh, even though they host them. Aston Villa, Spurs, Chelsea, Newcastle, Everton Wolves, Fulham. Uh, so I think West Ham is, it's fair enough to start with the player. I think that they then became become FPL assets of patience because it will kind of be a little bit of a roller coaster right. with their output, given how all these great fixtures are sprinkled in with some really tough ones. I mean, I think City and Spurs are looking like uh, the big offensive juggernauts going into the start of the season, and we'll obviously yeah. talk more. About I love all
0: that. these player or these teams that they played in preseason. I know. Look Servette, at <laughs> Ipswich, Boreham Wood,
1: yeah, Luton Town, Luton Town, Reading, of course, uh, uh, Rangers. A lot of people are Club America and Glasgow Rangers are getting a lot of preseason love with the uh, <laughs> Premier League teams yeah. And, yeah. and in European teams. Um, so, yeah, well, how have these results gone? Well, they've gone generally well. Uh, West Ham aren't losing any of these pre season matches, but nobody's really caught on fire. They're not, they, they haven't scored more than two goals in any of these matches. You've got uh Zuma with a goal and assist, who's kind of leading the attacking charge nobody's from boy. central defense. Ben Rama's put one past Boreham Wood. Uh Bowen got an assist of Vlasic against Reading. And then Thomas Suchek uh, is is, yeah. is two goals in two matches for back the to, preseason. Back to 5.5 5 after, yeah. the, after the big jump last year. Yeah, and, and Suchek is um, always an interesting one for your fantasy radar because he has, uh, on our flight out to Vegas, Josh, I uh, saw somebody in front of me watching Moneyball. And, of course, whenever we talk about Moneyball, we always talk about that scene with the old-school um backroom staff talking about, he's got a great body, you know, a real baseball body. <laughs> yep. And Suchek has, I think, what we call a great fantasy body. He's just very tall, mm-hmm. which means he's going to get on a lot of set pieces. And That's he true. just scores a lot of goals. He's, he is exceptional at crashing the box.
0: <laughs> you know who I saw score a good goal in preseason just today I was watching highlights? Uh-huh. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It all comes back to Everton. The recurring theme. Please of this stop. Pod Please somehow. stop with yeah, this. I can't help it.
1: He's got. He's yeah, all right. DCL's got a good, good fantasy body too. I'll give him that. Um, all right. So those are those are some names that you already know of. Who are the new signings at West Ham since summer? Uh, Naif Agard. He's a 26 year old Moroccan center back, possibly pairing with Zuma to start. Uh, he had uh, five goals in 66 appearances for Wren uh, in in league. Flynn Downs coming in from Swansea, uh probably uh backup for somebody yeah. like Declan great, Rice. Great name
0: though. Flynn, Flynn Downs. Downs
1: very much. Uh definitely sounds like a, a pilot from some a, from a, a war. war yeah, past. like a
0: the Red Barons arch nemesis yeah. or something.
1: Yeah. Some notable transfers out. Ryan Fredericks, uh fullback, he's gone. Mark Noble, of course, retired. Andre Yammerlenko, always a would have could have should have wish he had a better career at West Ham like very enigmatic player when he was on on point he's he's now off as his uh David Martin good guys who do who who do we remember from <laughs> last year did I mean uh so let's talk about Jared Bowen did you have Jared Bowen for any great moments last season because he was one yeah. of the uh oh for sure yeah for
0: sure uh-huh. yeah I mean
1: I got to him a little late.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I I liked him early on, and then, you know, it was West Ham were an interesting team last year, right? They got incredibly hot out of the gate. Yeah, um, I think they really suffered having only one forward, Antonio, and when his form, the, right. the team rises and falls with him in a yeah. lot of ways. And the, I thought, like, when his form dipped, it it to, it took a minute, you know, yeah. and then and then and then Bowen sort of took over the attacking.
1: So team that's that what, team. that's where I think we want to go with the Bowen discussion going into the start of the season because. I, how much longer can Antonio's body as as sort of like as as incredible a player and as, as fit as Antonio appears, he seems to be prone to just losing his legs, losing his fitness. And I think it's if like you Forrest if, Gump style? If you look so. at Bo- bowen's incredible output. Sure, I see your Forrest Gump reference. <laughs> I'm not. I, I will acknowledge that. Uh, if you look at Bowen's output last season, 12 goals, 17 assists, it's kind right. of as astronomical. It's like it's like Mares, Lester le, uh, uh, out, levels of output. Can he keep it up? And on top of that, he's been he's got the supercharged price of 8.5. But yeah, I think going back to that Antonio point, yeah, West Ham are going to continue to rely upon Jared Bowen. And listen. I test alone, the way he, Bowen was scoring his goals, getting his attacking returns, this was, these were not flukes. This guy is a great player. He is, and he's way beyond any of these players that you've already mentioned gunning for an England position. Yeah. For the World Cup. Oh, it's he's in. Yeah, for sure. I, I, think I, I wish he, his name was Flynn Downs. He <laughs> yeah. kind of looks like a Flynn Downs, doesn't he? he yeah, he does. He's got all the he's he's got the he's got the Flynn Downs look. I think for sure is is there room for two Downs in the locker room at the, the London Stadium? We'll soon find out. So I don't. I'm I'm pro Bowen. Uh, it's always easier said than done because the 8.5 price tag is it, it really stings. I think we have to, unfortunately. Uh, what about this? What do you think? What, I mean,
0: okay. What about this? If, if you you know, it's it's this is like a, a classic thing. It happens every season, right? There's some team that plays has like the hardest match of game week one, and yeah. you just sort of avoid them because you want to put your best foot forward that first week, right? Mm-hmm. What about if you just brought in an eight, eight million midfielder, whoever whoever you want, mm-hmm. right? Let's say it's Luis Diaz, right? And then you kept point five million in the bank. Then you could, the plan transfer, like, never works. But in theory, yeah. you know, you could do this. And then you could move to Bowen and you'd have him for the Forest-Brighton-Villa yeah. match and then evaluate from there. Yeah, it's I, a crazy I, idea.
1: I don't think it's crazy. And I think the other more positive fantasy way to look at it is, so what if it's a bad fixture in game week one? We believe in Bowen. He's a great player. Just bring him in because you know you're not going to bring a player in just for one fixture. This is a great... FPL pitfall of I'm going to do the one week uh, transfer because I think yeah. that these points are coming and often they don't. So I think if you're planning to have Bowen long term, maybe you think you can get off on the right foot and hold that wild card for 10 weeks and you want to have Bowen. I say just start with him in game week one. Am I going to be yeah, able to. Will find you be him? doing that? I mean, I, it, like I honestly, I'm waffling on this because I'd like to, but I just don't see how it makes sense because. Josh, we said before the podcast, we need to drive this home, trademark, year of the forward. Always mm-hmm. Cheating has brought this to you. There are so many expensive yep. there are so many expensive dudes that we feel like are more in the need category than want. And sure. I think maybe that's where we land. Bowen feels it more in the want category than the need category at this moment. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Yeah. I mean, the want, need category. We, we, that, that's another podcast right there, Brandon. Who yeah. do you want who do you need? Yeah. You yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, uh, uh, what are, what are the stickers, the, the, uh, from the Italian, uh, company that you get for like the Euros and the World Cup? Oh, the uh, Panini's. The Panini. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. got, got, need. Uh, I think, uh, <laughs> Bowen is more of a, um, want, right. want, want, need. Okay. We had lots yeah. of other players on West Ham to talk about here, though I do think Bowen is probably the most interesting. Uh, you've got a couple of other midfielders that I just want to call out because I kind of like them and I think they are, are decently priced. Ben Rama at $6 million. He He was hot at the start of last season, ended on eight goals and six assists. Question mark with him is, is did he play himself out of the squad and lose yeah. his form? I, I think he yeah, he is a talented player. Uh, but, I mean, that's
0: literally what he did,
1: right? Last year. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Which is, which is I think there was a place for him. In any West Ham squad, it's just a matter of he's able to reach out there and grab it. And then I think uh, maybe even more interesting, a a guy who sort of held on to his place in a more compelling way was Pablo Fernals. And he's 0.5 cheaper than Ben Rama. He finished on six goals and four assists. Uh, He's a a dynamic player. He plays a little to the left of of the striker. He's good at getting forward. So Ben Rahman, 4 I think 4 more more so our players will keep an eye on. Yeah. Decently priced in the defense is Aaron Cresswell. Now, I feel like he, maybe he is exactly the same as Kieran Chirpier.
0: I think Cresswell is like the Will Zaha of defenders. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, like you kind of know exactly where you're going to get every single season. Yeah. With like incredible metronomic consistency.
1: Yeah. Um, I have got a bad guy category here, and this is just more a personal bias because I'm a I'm a cat lover. Uh, you know, we'll never forget Kurt Zuma and, and what you've not, done. Not your boy. Yeah, he's not my boy. You know what you did, Kurt. Uh, but uh, he's he's doing bits in the preseason. He'll probably be one of the starting center backs, and he has. Uh, would you would
0: you own him? Like if if you know if he's like a you need a 4.5 player that got great fixtures, or is 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 it a principal thing? You would just you would never have.
1: I'll state, Thanks, I'll state here one thing we didn't mention is uh, the Blue Wire Studios here at the Wynn Las Vegas, it's kind of a fishbowl. We're seeing lots of people walk by here yeah. in in uh the win. They're they're waving at us. Uh and I'm gonna say to them, as they're as they're looking at me, I will never have Kurt Zuma in my fantasy team. I have pledged that right now. Wow. On the always cheating. I would podcast. never do that. <laughs> I
0: would, I, I am, yeah. I'm, I'm completely immoral when it comes to, uh, yeah. Uh, amoral, I should say not, not immoral. Uh, yeah, yeah. But
1: I, I think the int- the interest with West Ham right now is, is in the attack. I think that's where the value is going to be less so in the clean sheets because yeah. there, there could be a, a, a keeper drama, bro- uh, you know, boiling up here. Fabianski He's on that. He's in that Jamie Vardy category of like, how long? How much longer can he hold on to this sort of elite Premier League goalkeeper status? He's he leads the the top flight. At, at like I think it's current playing goalkeepers with most pen saves. This often goes unspoken about. Yeah, but you've got Areola waiting in the wings, who like his deal from PSG was made permanent this summer, and I think there is you know every. Every uh, possibility that he makes, he he grabs that number one from Fabianski. Not to start, but at some point. Does that, uh, you know, uh, put the uh, whole defense off kilter? I don't know. And just last on West Ham, can we talk about Mikel Antonio? We've kind of talked about his fitness sure. issues. Is he a trap for fantasy managers right now? I would Would you even come close to considering Antonio now?
0: Sure. I mean, he's a great player. It's not that expensive, really, at 7.5 million. It's probably, honestly, we probably should be talking about it more. I mean, yeah. you know, it's. It, I guess it's just that Man City match in game week one, but, I mean, of all of the sub-8 million, right? Mm-hmm. If Gabriel Jesus is the, is the like, you know, kind of least expensive premium that everyone's got, to, like, in that kind of mid-tier, the middle class of forwards, mm-hmm. he's probably still the best, right? I mean, 10 goals, 10 assists last season Yeah, is, you know, when he when he's in form and not, like, exhausted, he's terrific.
1: Yeah, right. I, I think I would still rather have Bowen over him if I'm limiting my West Ham attacking slots to one. We're
2: driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Okay, we've got about an hour to go, Josh, and we've got some—we've got six big meatballs <laughs> to swallow here. All right, six big teams, and the next one. I know when we were uh, uh, doing a lot of prep for this episode on the plane coming out here, you said, "Man, I actually spent." Way more time than well, I thought I would on this team. You
0: have to, because yeah. the drama follows Man United around. Man yeah. United is our sixth team. They're they're in our Europa Conference League spot for yeah. next year. I think this is the, I feel like even Man United supporters would think this is probably about where, where you'd expect them to be right now. Drama even today, right? We're recording this on Friday, July 29th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronaldo has come out and said that like the king is back or something like She's that. He's like, like gone this.
1: full Jordan Belfort. Like, yeah. I'm not
0: leaving. Exactly. So I don't know what's going on anymore. Mm-hmm could Just be a negotiating tactic, like I I don't, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Who like, negotiates
1: like this? I mean, maybe they're doing this at some used car dealership, like you know, in the middle 24 hours
0: before he's like, he's like, let me do the right thing and let me out of my contract, you know, and so okay. it's just like, uh, it's just it's a total mess. And I, I, I kind of imagine if I were, to, I mean, listen, if you want magnetic commentary, you can get it, like everywhere on the internet, but I imagine if I were 10 hog, I would just want to. Start over. I would just want to start fresh with 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 my guys. Yeah, you're
1: moving into a new house and you want all signs of like the ex girlfriend.
0: Yeah, gone. I mean Ronaldo's a great player, of course. Uh, you know, I mean, had a 18 goals and three assists last year. Right, 10.5 million, not an insane price. Yeah. If he plays, we're going to have to kind of reckon with him. Mm-hmm. You know, but the whole offense has to be built around him. He doesn't press, right? So anything you want to do with your squad, you kind of can't do yeah. if Ronaldo's in your squad now. I don't even really like talking about Man United anymore because it is the fan base is so keyed up. Right it's like now. Star
1: Wars, right? Like we went to see Rise of Skywalker and you were like, I hated that, and and you turned to me and you're like, What did you think, Brandon? And I was like, Oh well, well. and you're like, Did you like it? And my response was. I just, I'm tired of talking about Star Wars. Yeah.
0: And yet we talk about it all the time still. So I don't know what, you know. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Although now I just talk about how much I hate, like, everything that's come out since I know. then. I, I, know I think uh,
1: that's it. I think United has gone full Star Wars at this point.
0: But talking about a Man United player is the quickest way to get the entire internet mad at you. So um, I will say this now. I also say, listen, if you're a Man United supporter, you know the club very well. Mm-hmm. Just hit that little 30-second skip button, Brandon. Oh, we're going to take more than 30 seconds. Here, yeah, I'm exactly. Right? <laughs> so last year was, was you know, a, a pretty a pretty yeah. rough season. Went th- when you cycled through a couple managers, the OGS era ended. Ragnant came in, and honestly, that was kind of a disaster, too. By the end of last season, they were like the most irrelevant team in the Premier League. Yeah. Like, they weren't really playing for, I guess they maybe had like an outside chance of a European, like of a, did they have a Champions League spot late? It felt like they had already fallen so much that they couldn't do it. But Regardless, um, not a great season. They bring in Ten Hag, who, you know, is widely admired, um, was terrific at Ajax. Um, you know, he prefers to utilize a 4-2-3-1. So that's an important thing to know about him because when you're looking at your fantasy players, especially up front, it kind of helps you to think about those slots, right? And so right now, looks like, let's assume that Ronaldo ultimately does leave, which I think is still probably going to happen. Right. You have uh, Anthony Marcial. Classic wantaway forward who, mm-hmm. like, is now back and mm-hmm. had a good preseason. Mr. But
1: good Vibes himself.
0: Player I would never. You're talking about, like, Kurt Zuma. I mean, it would take a lot for me to have Anthony
1: Martial and fantasy. Wasn't it, like, two seasons ago, though, where you had Martial for a stretch and he did really well for you? I know, but I'm just sick. I'm, it's you're, like, you're done? I don't trust him. Okay. You yeah. know,
0: I just don't trust him because he, he can be in form and then – Somebody doesn't play a pass that he wants, and he's done for like six weeks, right? Just like he's just, just like in a bad mood, uh-huh. you know. And he's one of those people. I'm like this too, so I, I do empathize. But when when he is upset, everybody knows it. You can see it on the pitch when he's not happy. Yeah, he just scowls. What's two that? Hours that, of that George
1: Michael. GIF from arrested development where he comes in and drops his backpack down on the floor and just kind of like falls over yeah exactly it's a little little bit a
0: little bit like that that's marcial and so he's just i don't trust him um so you have marcial up front and then it looks like you're going to have marcus rashford on the left Mm -hmm. bruno fernandez in the hole and then Jaden sancho on the right so Jaden sancho cheap 7 million marcus rashford cheap 6.5 million these are players who you could very easily fit into your fantasy squad mm-hmm. um, who could do, I mean, they've both been very strong in the mm-hmm. preseason Rashford in particular. So, I mean, Rashford is just like, it, it, he's just fascinating, right? Because he's down to 6.5. He had four goals and two assists last year. Mm-hmm. He is a great player. He's super young. Still. This is a guy who is like, you know, I said this before, I think in this podcast, I mean, he scored a, Crucial goal at PSG in the Champions League. Like, this guy has a great, great experience. He had 11-11 le- the season yeah. before last. He had 17 goals and eight assists the season before that. 10 goals and 7 assists the season before that. So he can score. He can pass. He can Earnest of- real yeah.
1: talk uh, with Rashford is there's just no way to know how much the disaster at the Euros yeah. and all of the garbage talk around his off-the-field good work that he was yeah, doing. he like stretched too thin. And how, yeah. how much does that impact a player with the season? But I'd agree with you, that doesn't just brush away all of the great football that he has played in the last yeah. five or six years.
0: Yeah, and like clearly he, you can do that stuff and still, yeah. I, mean, th- I mean, think about like how much, this is like, I mean, this, this is criticism's fault, especially English players forever. Like David Beckham had this too. didn't no matter how well he played, he just did too many commercials and drove mm-hmm. people crazy. So I think Rashford's, Rashford's that guy right now. Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets some of this too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, but I, I think you can make a case, even just aside from like the offseason stuff, they've just been overworked and overextended, right? Just played a ton yeah. of matches for England, um, you know, and, and just like kind of, you know, they, they played really well in the... You know, the restart, the COVID restart summer twenty twenty, played a lot of minutes then, played well for them then too. And so, you know, I, I think maybe he just needed some time off. He's even said as much. He looks ripped too. Like he's like got himself in incredible shape yep. going into this season. So sinewy. I think there is a version of my game week one team that does have Marcus Rashford in it. And it's not impossible for me. Yeah. I'm with thing. it too.
1: I think that, that that hype train has gained steam for justifiable reasons.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's you just have to look past last year and yeah. at 6.5 million, it's like, so if he doesn't work out, it's fine. You know, like yeah. there's, there's, it's very easy to, to move him to somebody else. You yep. know? So I think, um, you know,
1: All right, you sold me on Rashford. Jaden
0: Sancho, I'm not as sure about. He's a little more expensive, a million more expensive. He's the guy who
1: got you in the most hot water last season on Twitter.
0: Truly, yeah, people did not take kindly to me. Suggesting that he stunk last season, mm-hmm. and apparently it was like he was always the the pass to the other player. I don't know. You know, I'm not a big enough fan of Man United to know what he did that was so good. But I I believe them. Fair enough. People you know, are. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think people would say he's got great movement, great speed, and and he was he was a victim of a team that had not gelled, and so he sucked. There's
0: some that. sick part of my yeah. personality <laughs> that because I know that it makes people
1: angry when I talk you about you just want to it, double down. I
0: can't like, help yeah. it. You know, everyone. All my friends know this about me. I like to I like to stick my finger in everybody's, you know,
1: wounds. But do you feel like Sancho is the type of player like if he suddenly gets hot, you really have to consider that?
0: Sure. I mean, I was excited about him going in the last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he like he had like an insane one of his years at at BBB, he was like he had, there was like, 19 goals and 19 assists or something like that. Like, he was incredible, you yeah. know? And so, like, it's, you know, so maybe, you know, they, we've talked about the Bundesliga attacks, right, mm-hmm. early in Holland. But the thing is, like, that doesn't last forever. I mean, KDB, like, a lot of, like, you know, Sun, these are players who came from the Bundesliga mm-hmm. who are incredible, obviously. And so there, it's it's, it's maybe it just takes a little time to adjust, mm-hmm. right? So I am by, by no means out on Sancho. I just think that, we didn't see a great version of him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I don't quite know what we're getting with him yet, going a million cheaper for the player who's going to play in the opposite wing, who we know has a great track record as well, right. you know, in the premier league mm-hmm. seems like the way to go, but you know, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not convinced I'm going to have either one. That leaves Bruno Fernandez talked a minute earlier about him, you know, comes in at 10 million, 10 goals and of assists last year, which you know, honestly, it was a, a huge dip for me. Eighteen goals and fourteen the year before that. Yeah. Ronaldo ruined Bruno, just from mm-hmm. a fantasy perspective. I don't know, maybe from another perspective. I mean, they weren't they weren't good in any way last year. So yeah. you could argue that it just it didn't bring out the best in Bruno. Bruno needs to be the alpha. That's just yeah. his personality apparently. And yeah. if he can't, then then you know he just he kind of sulked and yeah. got a bunch of yellow
1: cards. This and is not something work. that's foreign to any sport, any right. team. Right. There's right. usually right. only room for one alpha dog and. Um, I don't know. Bruno uh, like resented Ronaldo. They're obviously you know uh, national team teammates. Yeah. It just didn't. Whatever his style of play was, yeah,
0: didn't work. It's an on the pitch thing, exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. It doesn't who knows what they're you know how, how well they get along off. The I'm pitch.
1: sure they celebrate Thanksgiving together every year. You think so?
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with all with all the Wolverhampton players, they all get together and <laughs> you know, yeah. they go to that yeah.
1: local coffee shop that, <laughs>
0: that, that Neves and uh, was it Neves
1: and Mucina uh, Jota Jota, Jota yeah. of course yeah, yeah, yeah the Portuguese connection at, again. Uh-huh. I want to hang out with
0: those guys someday, Brandon? Yeah. So new signings, you've got Lissandra Martinez, 50 million center back signing, Um, quite short, which everyone has been very quick to say is irrelevant, but, you know, let's see. (laughs)
1: I don't know. I mean his vertical leap is is the best in the league. I don't know so how like, do you- it's
0: like a Muggsy Bogue Spud Webb <laughs> level, like yeah. yeah. what
1: kind of shit what what kind of air pockets does he have in his yeah. shoes? That's what I want to know.
0: Everyone's like, hey, Carlos Pollo is short and it didn't matter. And it's like, all okay, right, if to, to like the best defender from like the legendary Barcelona teams. Yeah, you
1: know, yeah there's a way to say like, well, you know, modern the modern way you play the game is the ball is on the floor much more. Sure. Uh, and if if uh, if Martinez's position is better and he yeah. knows when to tackle, exactly. when to step in and cut out the passes. Yeah.
0: Cool. I mean, yeah. Who needs a, a Ruben Diaz or Virgil van Dyke level of uh, a giant, giant commanding center. back? Plenty of teams
1: yeah. have won the league without Virgil van Dyke.
0: Okay? <laughs> That's true. Or Ruben Diaz or, or Amarik Laporte. Yeah. No, but I mean, but you know, I, I, it's kind of fun. I'm, I'm excited about it. Let's yeah. see if they, they can make it work. And he's just 4.5 million. Um, instantly started this week, like basically the day he signed, he was in like a, one of those behind closed doors friendlies that like everybody knew everything that happened in it. So I'm like, like why didn't I just show it? You know, mm-hmm. um, started this week in a partnership with Varon. sounds like it's probably not going to like, Varon might actually be like, like the third, like the third guy here. And that, um, it's, it, you know, because I, so he's, he's left-sided um and so you could play him with um with mcguire get it you know you, you could have like a more natural left foot right foot pairing at center back so we'll see i mean this was this is the problem with veron and, and mcguire last year to a degree is that they're both i think it's right footed i think i have that right I, I don't look at me yeah i i like i i know it and now i'm like getting like i have like podcast that's brain funny. you know that's but i'm pretty sure uh-huh. um so we'll see i mean 4.5 million like that's a Really reasonable price for somebody who should almost certainly start right away from Man United, And somebody
1: who's playing in front of David De Gea, who's good for a couple of uh, clean sheets on his own. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's fair to consider a very uh, cheap Manchester United defensive asset. Like, uh, Dallow has gotten a, a fair amount of love preseason, but that's yeah. that's not for me.
0: It's just a little too nerve-wracking, yeah. right? Too much competition on those wingback spots right now. I mean, you have this guy, uh, Terrell, Terrell Malachia, Malachia? I'm not
1: sure. Let's
0: go with it. Um, yeah, part of the Tyrells, Brandon.
1: You know, the, okay. uh, house Tyrells. I do not want to grapple with them. They're bastards.
0: <laughs> uh, 4.5 million. Uh-huh. He's a left back. There's a lot of talk that he'll be a likely starter eventually over Luke Shaw. You know, I think he's a total wait and see fantasy-wise. Yeah. One goal and five assists in 50 matches for Feyenoord. If you're only getting one goal in 50 matches in the Dutch League, Brandon, it feels <laughs> like you're not a great even, – even, even someone – like you and me could get eight goals in the Dutch league, you know? So I think, I think so. Yeah, yeah, so one goal for him, maybe not the greatest goal threat. Five okay. assists, okay, not bad. Yeah. Uh but you know, I think that I think mean, b- both of the um the left back and right back spots are, are wait and sees. Uh we haven't talked about Eris, Ericsson yet. Christian mm-hmm. Erickson comes in, played very well when he when he, you know, joined Brentford.
1: Mm-hmm. I think this is Juan Mata 2.0. Remember when Manchester United brought in Juan Mata? That's not nice.
0: That's not nice.
1: (laughs) I mean, Ericsson is obviously, how could you not love him as a player and how he's come back from his uh, heart condition? And I would love to see more, and I'm sure we're going to see great from him in the World Cup, but it just seems like uh, it doesn't feel good to me. I'll be honest, deep in my guts.
0: Deep in your guts? Deep in my
1: guts. It feels very Juan Mata-y. It's
0: kind of... this seems gross when you have the S, you know? Deep in your gut. <laughs> yeah, okay, like sure. That, yeah. But deep in your gut. No, if I say sounds... deep in my
1: gut, then I feel like I'm calling attention to like how much beer I've drunk over the last fifteen <laughs> years of my life.
0: <laughs> um all right. Well yeah one one final thing I managed you know, is that they actually have a pretty decent there is that team again somehow Brighton is playing everybody in the first week or two of the season yeah, like every crazy. time yeah. I've done yeah. a fixture on a Brighton like
1: is looming there a, Potter's uh, two, like sorry guys I'm fully booked
0: <laughs> Yeah exactly he's very busy man mm-hmm. so they play Brighton at home in game week 1 I think that's um Brighton and then Brentford in game week 2 Liverpool at home, which, you know, tough match, but, but it is at home. Southampton away in game week four. So I think from an attacking perspective, I like these opening four fixtures. I would stay away from the defense entirely at the moment. I mean, because of the way things are working out, there's really no reason to hold your, your wild card, certainly any later than game week eight. But I think even, you know, five, six, seven, let's Let's mm-hmm. let's see. Um, I think wait and see on the defense. But I think there's a real case for, for playing one of these, for having a, a Sancho, a Rashford, or... Maybe an Erickson. I mean, just just because he's so good, mm-hmm. you know, did score a free kick in a, in a friendly this week. Yeah. Um, which, like, he kind of stopped doing his, like, at the end of his, like, Spurs time. But then I think he did score a couple for Brentford. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's back on free kicks again.
1: I just overall think Rashford is, is a gift uh, from fantasy at his bargain price tag. And he's a bit of a hack to this. Uh, a hack in a good in like a computer video game sort of a way to this Manchester. <laughs> uh, he's not bad at telling jokes. I don't know yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's kind of, for me a little bit of the beginning and the end of the the FPL discussion for Old Trafford.
0: All right. Well, I think we keep it pretty cool on Man United. So let's move on to the next club. Chelsea All man.
1: right. So uh, I, I, we, we talked about this this morning and felt like renewed in our confidence that Chelsea really had to be bumped out of the top four conversation this season. Uh, and we put them at number five. I mean, there's been a lot of turmoil and, and turnover with the ownership changes. And it's just, uh, the thing with Chelsea that I I felt was they don't have an attacking star. They, right. they brought in Romelu Lukaku to hopefully be an outsized presence as right. number nine. That failed miserably. None of the, you know, Havertz and Timo, the German yeah. contingent, haven't caught fire. Pulisic, sadly sick hasn't worked. There are just no stars in Chelsea to take them to to you know, as, yeah. as Creed said, take them higher.
0: Well, <laughs> Angola Conte scored in a friendly today, so maybe maybe he's the one.
1: Yeah, Conte, yeah. the the ultimate FPL catnip there, uh, and and maybe they're seeking to rectify that by bringing Raheem Sterling in. Where you know also scored today. You could be more confident with Sterling. Uh, you know, with his Premier League experience and putting your faith in him versus uh, the the new guys from from Germany who haven't really put up the the same numbers. Chelsea have a curious start. They've got some pretty good fixtures. They're they're Everton. They're going to go, you know, try to stick it to their old buddy Frank Lampard there in in game week one, followed by Spurs, home, Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, West Ham, Fulham. This is a good run. I think yeah. for most FPL managers, what's most enticing is what we saw from their fullbacks last season or their wingbacks uh, with Tuchel playing a top back five. So uh, it's all about Reese James or Ben Chilwell. Now
0: I I would throw Mason mountain there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he deserves the shout.
1: Yes. I, I I think he does too. Now Chelsea have been struggling to score goals apart from uh, this, this, the, the uh, preseason fixture they played today. Mount has scored an assist in the in the preseason. And I think he's he is the most consistent player for Chelsea over the last two years. Uh I mean you you often talk about that beautiful assist he played the Hobbards to win them the Champions League. How is he? I was a telling star? some people out here in the lobby about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we roll down the window here and have a little <laughs> little chat? Um so yeah, I agree with you. I think Mount Mount is competitively priced at 8.0, and you love the symmetry of his numbers last season. Eleven goals. And 11 assists. And those are big numbers for that kind of price tag.
0: They're great. Like, I mean, I, I, as you're talking, I'm like, why aren't we all talking about Mount as, as given the the incredible run of fixtures, given how solid he was? I mean, what, in what world does Mount not do something in game week one away to Everton?
1: Like it's certain, right? Um, yeah, well, you know, as certain, it's not as certain as I am that I'll never have Kurt Zuma in my team, but <laughs> I I think it's good. I think likely, certainly. Yeah. I, if, I think for these reasons that you're mentioning, you have to maybe give Mount the edge over Jared Bowen. Uh, uh, but is, is that argument diminished by the, the lose, the loss of steam in the Chelsea sort of project with this very quiet preseason? Uh, the the new new signings are, I wouldn't say they're odd, but Sterling is Sterling is is another enigmatic character. I'll compare him to Yarmolenko, won't I? Uh, but like you go back and you look at Sterling's stats under Pep at Barcelona, yeah, combined goals and an assists, the most, the biggest number uh, apart from any other Man City player under Pep. Like his numbers were actually incredible. City, but he never had those moments that uh, stuck out in Premier League fans' minds of like defining him as a star man at Manchester City. But it is because he's surrounded by so many other amazing players there. So is Sterling coming into Chelsea his time to become that star? And you've got two Englishmen trying to uh, drum up some chemistry or have existing chemistry through the English team. Ahead of the World Cup, Mount Sterling. There is a world in which this becomes a very interesting FPL pairing. Yep. Uh, uh, but, but then going back to defense, that was really all we could rely upon last season. You had Reese James and uh Ben Chilwell. Now, Ben Chilwell, I feel like he kind of outshined Reese James before his season-ending injury. You look back, and you know, he had just three goals and one assist before that injury to his right. knee, and then Reese James came back and did what he did, like he got upwards of twenty points in in some game weeks. Right. I don't know where are you on the Chilwell versus Reese James argument.
0: Well, I mean, I just like James more, you know. I like his style. Like I think he's got like a, I you know, like I think I like his goal threat a little bit more.
1: You it know, was it's just like when I went into the bank and I asked them what credit card they recommended, and they said. This one looks cool, doesn't it? I want to <laughs> I know mean, about what the cashback opportunities are uh with listen, which I mean- I
0: know that Chilwell got injured, but still, I mean, five goals and nine assists from Reese James is a yeah. hard thing to just like yeah. wave away as, oh, Chilwell would have done the same thing if he were healthy yeah. all
1: season. The unanswered question here is there are rumors that Tuchel is going to prefer to go back to his uh, his Dortmund right. setup with right. four at the back. And right. and how is that going to eat into the fantasy returns when the wingbacks become fullbacks? Yeah. How is that going to impact, you know, Mendy's opportunity for clean sheets? Maybe it means they have to tighten up a little – more centrally in the defense and they're limiting more shots from, from the opposition. I just like, I don't really know what to say about Edward Mendy as a pick other than, yeah, it seems fine. He's, he's <laughs> quite, he's quite decently priced at 5.0. Um, but if you look at the, their center backs, now they brought in a cool from Napoli. He's 31 years old. And the if if you start Koulibaly with Tiago Silva, the average combined age of their starting center backs is thirty-four years old.
0: I mean, the whole thing with Rudiger doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like why did why didn't I just like like I don't know, like move heaven and earth to to keep this guy?
1: Rudiger gone. Andreas Christensen also gone. So that's another center back option uh gone. So I'll just like quickly shout out Asper Laquetta at five million. He is uh he's a um like a Swiss Army man, where you know, they could slot him in uh, if any of their other existing CBs get injured. Decently priced at $5 million. Yeah. And then Pulisic, uh, I think we put him in the category, a- along with Hakim Ziyech, also at 6.0. Really impressively priced. Are they going to be at Chelsea come the end of August? Who knows? Yeah. Are they going to catch fire? Who knows? Just not really consistent enough. I think I'm using my $6 million budget for guys who are more dialed in locked in starters and we'll just wait to see if they catch fire and yeah. you know the ultimate trap player here for new fantasy players is Jorginho do not be deceived by his output last season with six souls and all two assists all pens and you know I feel like his the era of the Jorginho hop skip jump pen may be coming to a, you a close you can just
0: go if you go down to 5.5 million you get so much more you yeah, know you right. can get like a number 10 on a on a you know, talented bottom half club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Havertz. Havertz is, is. I mean, Harvard, I mean, every guy in the squad has potential, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Havertz, eight million forward. Well, maybe. You know, eight goals and four assists last season. Ziyech, Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic. These are all players who could break out and have right. like and have a fifteen goal, seven yeah. assist season. It would not be shocking with any of them, but. It's like, who like yeah, it's like right. they had, they had a, they had a, they've had a, both of a, they've all had multiple years to do it and they still haven't really done it
1: so if you're trying to be confident going into game week one mason mountain reese james feel like the pick and as you say josh there's lots of potential with all these right. other guys uh, and and you have to take heart right. in the the fixtures to start yes all right so that's chelsea boxed. let's move into the top <laughs> four right, let's do it these these all are right. the big these are the big We're, dogs i think both both <laughs> IRL life and, yeah. and uh, in fantasy, like they will be great teams. And the logic of start with as many top four fantasy assets as possible. Good rule of thumb. So who do we have at number four?
0: Arsenal. Ooh, we did
1: it. We okay. moved
0: them into the champions. like uh, How can I mean, you not
1: be blown away by the summer transfer window?
0: Probably the best summer of any Premier League team. Yeah. Now granted winning the summer.
1: Does not always equal returns,
0: right? We, yeah. we we know this. This is true in every sport. Mm-hmm. In every sport, they do these like, you know, the the winners and losers of the summer, right? Everybody gets graded or whatever. And it often has very little bearing on what we actually the Tigers had a great offseason by many accounts. They're like the worst team in baseball. So like you, who knows, right? What's gonna happen here? But uh another club I sport, Arsenal. Uh, we've got them in fourth. I think that there's a lot to like about this club. Now, you know, it is interesting. Like, why did Man City why were they willing to part with with Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko? Like,
1: what do they know that we don't know?
0: Sort of. It's just like I'm. It was in, like I'm kind of surprised they were both gettable, you know. But with that said, Jesus has been terrific. He's had a great off season, um, Looks looks really good in the preseason matches. He's only eight million. It's kind of like even if you had questions about him, yeah, he's so affordable. It's kind of hard not to just go for him, you know. And so that's. I it's just, irresistible. It is irresistible. I mean there's a reason he's like 90% owned in fantasy mm-hmm. because he's just like he's cheap, he plays for a, a top club, he's going to be like he's going to be leading the line and there's just a lot and they've good fantasy And he's had
1: time systems. to bed into the squad and he's been on fire in the preseason. It's sort of like yeah. there is nothing that doesn't feel right about it.
0: Yeah, you can check all the boxes. I mean there's kind of a lot of players who fall into this category. I mean the the only problem is do you want to load up with this many Arsenal attacking players, right? Because you have, you have Saka, only 8 million again, right? in That Mason Mount range, 11 goals, nine assists last year, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was like a a real improvement on the year before as well. So there's a feeling he could kind of continue to push on, right? You could see like, if he, if he finished with like, you know, 14 goals and 10 assists or something like that, like like, that was like the return that Juan Mata had a couple of, Juan Mata, ran again. but when he's at Chelsea, remember he (laughs) he had two years in a row where he had 14 goals and 10 assists, right? And I, it wouldn't surprise me if we got that kind of return out of Stock, especially if he's on pens, uh, which he was at the end of last season. So 8 million, 11 goals, 9 assists. I, for whatever reason, I'm feeling Mount a little more. I think it's because I already have an 8 million Arsenal player in Jesus that I'm strongly considering. Yeah. And someone spending 16 million on Arsenal attackers feels like too much. Like, a, you know, the, the so the player I'm looking at, which is hardly um, off the beaten path, is, is Gabriel Martinelli who was just so fun to watch at times last year. Um, he had, uh, he's only he's six million. So he's very affordable. Um, he had uh Oh wait, you know what? I was, I, why you, in, why in my notes did I put Gabriel, the <laughs> defender and Gabriel Martinelli together? That was not a yeah. smart move. Yeah. Um, but you can mix and match. Gabriel Martinelli, 6 million, six goals and seven assists last yeah. year. Um, has been a go-to starter left wing for Arsenal at the, you know, in the summer. So good, reasonable, you know, and also, um, um, the Smith Smith Rowe. Yeah, yeah. I, I got there. Uh-huh. Take me a second. Smith Rowe um, has been injured most of preseason, so very unlikely that he plays. Um, uh, at least at least you know at the get go, mm-hmm. and so um, so Martina, it's like he's got that spot. There's a little bit of talk that Enkatia um, could possibly play a little left wing as well, but I think this is where having five subs this year will make a difference because Enkatia could come in for Jesus or he could come in for. For Martinelli, yeah. and ultimately, yeah, Smith Rowe will be competition there as well. But I think Martinelli is a fairly safe pick early on. Really talented, six goals, seven assists, as I noted before. Um, and he's another player who it feels like there's there's more there's more to come. Mm-hmm. You know, do you like Martinelli? You, I think
1: his? I do. Um, I uh, my story has been told about Arsenal. I think it's because I'm spending too much of my time watching my. Beloved Martin Odegaard that I'm not st- seeing so much what Martinelli has in is. my I
0: notes need- here. That's, I noticed yeah, that. Yeah. I really
1: noticed that. No, I like Martinelli and uh, he plays with that level of uh, verve and, and confidence. We were just talking about confidence as fantasy managers like yeah if I could manage my team the way Martinelli plays down the left wing like he, he, he wants it, and I like that. And you you, you want the hungry, selfish, confident That's player true. of your fantasy squad.
0: Interesting. Does that mean your fantasy style is box-to-box?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I free kick goal. I manage yeah. my team like Odegaard. So, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like meaning I think this is my season.
0: Well, I hope so. So let's see. So uh, Defenders, I talked about Gabriel accidentally a minute ago, but Gabriel's available at $5 million yeah. at five goals last season, which is more than I remembered. Uh, five goals from Gabriel, uh, 13 clean sheets. Interesting defensive setup for Arsenal this summer. There's a so this guy uh, William Saliba. They sent him a couple years ago. He's been playing in the French league. He was terrific. Um, I think it was last year. He, I don't know. He was like won like the best young player award or something like that in France. It was was terrific. Congratulations. Congrats to him. Yeah. So I think you know he's like 20 years old now. There's a chance that we could see a backline at least early on that would be. Zinchenko, we'll talk about more in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zinchenko starting at, at least at the beginning of the season on the in the left wing spot because um, the 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 their, their typical left wing is um, I mean their typical left back yeah um, is uh, injured right now and classic podcast I forgot his name for a second Karen Tierney yes. Brandon famous so, <laughs> famous Scottish bloke <laughs> so Tierney Tierney's battle and injury almost certainly won't be ready to start in game week one so Zinchenko is just interesting in fantasy in general right because he comes in at five million. Everyone thinks he's going to play out of position, which I think ultimately he will, in a good way, right? Mm-hmm. That he'll play, he's classified as a defender, but he'll play more like a forward yeah, and kind of right. keep moving So up suddenly you're getting more
1: points for his goals, uh, et cetera. You're getting the clean sheet points as well for somebody who's playing as a midfielder. That, exactly. That is what we hope happens in the future.
0: He can end up with like insane ownership at some point. So, you know, Zinchenko uh, had four this last year, but it's really almost... It's more like you have to look at what he did for Ukrainian national team to kind of have a sense of what we could be getting from him. I mean, he always looked good when he played for Man City, right? Like in that left-back spot.
1: But... Especially when I confused him with Kevin De Bruyne, he looked like the best midfielder in Europe.
0: It's I don't know why <laughs> when you see them next to each other they don't look the same, but don't. on the pitch it's weirdly similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the it's um, the
1: camera that's far yeah. away, right?
0: But you know, Cancelo was on molten fire all of last season, mm-hmm. so the checker, just couldn't get any minutes, and so uh, I, I suspect he probably forced this move a little bit. I, I don't know the Man City were necessarily eager to to, to sell him on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, but also I mean, he's you know. Uh, I don't know. It's actually too bad. It's too bad that Ukraine didn't make the World Cup, even though they would have been in our group. Mm -hmm. You know, that would have been terrifying. I did not want the U.S. to play the Ukraine. No one would have been rooting for us. (laughs) We would have been the least popular. Everyone would have, the entire world would have been rooting against the U.S. when we played the Ukraine. Yeah, everybody wants to be
1: liked in the World Cup. You also want to play against like truly unmotivated teams.
0: Yeah, now we're playing Wales instead. You know, cuz Wales beat him in the playoffs. So that that's like, I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean famous last words, you know, like someone's going to like Well, now that Gareth Bale play.
1: is playing at the uh at, at LAFC, isn't he doesn't he have to have a US passport to Basically do that? an American. Yeah, yeah so you yeah, know, exactly. our team just just got quality upgraded
0: so Zinchenko should play a left back with Tierney not at full fitness to start the season and then maybe just keep moving on but I think he's brought into play Mm -hmm. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes uh, for Arsenal this season I think he can fill a lot of different holes I don't quite you know it's kind of interesting to see what happens with him kind of in midfield like it's not clear to me does he could he occupy some of that Martinelli space does he come in for Odegaard at times like does he play like in more like a central midfield role
1: I don't think it ever happens, to be honest with
0: you. <laughs> yeah, that's how much you love Votocard. You can't, you can't envision a world <laughs> where that happens.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't. I, I, well, yeah, I have, I haven't not seen enough of Zinchenko in the midfield. I have to go back and watch. The There's midfield.
0: just not enough spots in the pitch, right? I mean, at some point you're yeah. like, where is he going to play? you yeah. got your four defenders. You yeah. got, you got Jesus. You got Saka who's going to own that right wing spot. Yeah. You know, it's I don't know. I mean, well, yeah. can
1: you think of like James Milner in his Liverpool career, where he is a midfield player, but he's often been brought in to just fill the gaps in the fullback positions right. when need be, and when he goes into the midfield, Milner doesn't really make any meaningful fantasy impact, and. Uh, I, I would suspect the same for Zinchenko.
0: Well, we'll see. I'm I'm high on him. There's a good chance he starts in my team in game week one. So I'm mean, gonna have a weird, I'm gonna have some weird defenders in there, Brandon. My my boy, Sven Bottman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zinchenko is hardly a controversial pick, but I, there's a good chance I, I have him in my squad. Um, Gabriel Jesus, we talked about a little bit already, but I I was you know, eight million, super cheap. Seventh Premier League season. Did you know he'd played six years for Man City? That feels longer. Like
1: time flies when you're not playing. Yeah, very exactly. Much.
0: He's never really had the number nine role to himself. I, in theory, it could have been last year, but Pep doesn't really even play with a forward. And you know, at times he was he was playing in the right wing, sort of competing with for minutes with with Mares and others. What just, an insult! You know.
1: Like he's there waiting to play number nine, and then Pep's like, "You can leave because I'm actually ready to play a number nine because yeah. I'm bringing in the most." like intentional number nine of all time in Erling Holland.
0: Exactly. It's very strange. Yeah, it's very un- unusual. And so, again, that's why there's part of me that's like, I mean, it's good that they sold him, but yeah. I don't know. So, but anyway, eight goals and eight assists last year. So he can, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a good, he can do a lot. He really is a talent, tel- like, like, a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Multifaceted player, sure. Brandon. I can see yeah. facets to his uh-huh. game. Um, eight goals and eight assists last year, nine and five the year before, 14 and eight the year before that. And that was competing with with um, Aguero for minutes. So I think, you know, any reasonable projection, I think you could see the assist drop a little bit and the goals go up. Mm-hmm. I think something like a 15-goal, five-assist season for for uh, Jesus is very reasonable, and at eight million, that's a that's a reasonable return in that midfield spot or in, in, in that forward spot. Yeah. Um, any other players want to talk about? I mean, you know, we have Ramsdale five million cooled down after a hot start. I think there are better options. You know, in the defender spot, I, I had. I think a lot of us had Ramsdale on the stretcher. That was a lot of lost clean sheets. Like, well, not he, super he, fun. Yeah, he,
1: he was a house on fire to start there, and I think, as you say, with the the Tierney injury. I mean, you've got good players that could come in and replace injured defenders for Arsenal, but it's going to be very unsettled to start. And I yeah. it just seems like ripe for the blowing of a fantasy clean sheet with yeah. a random goal, and it's going to be very frustrating.
0: Get Smith-Rowe, 10 goals last year. And Ketia played really well on the stretch, but yeah. basically lost his spot to Jesus. And then Fabio Vieira, who they signed but is currently injured, not likely to start anyway, yeah. at least early on. So let's go under number three club.
1: Number three club is Spurs. Now, I, it, North London has just been crushing the transfer window. I think Spurs oh, wow. look just, they look like a much improved team. A, they, this they is become, Tot- Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham, ha- Tottenham. Tottenham Hotspur. And when Conte came in, of course, last season, just like radically transformed the attitude uh, and the the approach for Spurs and uh, bringing in players like Kuliszewski, uh, were were strokes of genius, and I, I think the team has gotten even better over the summer, thanks to Conte. And you look at what they're doing in the preseason—really uh, compelling results. They're scoring tons of goals. What's What's interesting about the preseason goals and assists is every goal that Kane scores, it seems to be assisted by Son. Uh-huh. Every goal that Son scores is uh, Kane is involved. Yeah. So we are we are never rid of. They're they're the twin sons of FPL, Son and, and and Kane. So I think we have to talk a little bit about how we we reckon with that decision. How do Spurs start the season? Well, they start strong with the home match hosting Southampton. You know, uh, you know, we saw under Mourinho that like hilarious <laughs> smashing of Southampton. Not the first that uh, Hassan Huddle has seen. Then they play Chelsea in game week two, followed Wolves, Forest, West Ham, Fulham. I would call this a good start for Spurs.
0: I think it's a great start, and I think they are. I think, I mean, they are the one team that I think actually could win the league this year outside of the, the the top two. I mean, spoiler alert: we've got Liverpool and Man City are top two. Yeah. Uh, I you know I think of those two, this is the one club that you could actually see, just have a great run. I, you know, if they weren't in the Champions League, I think it's even more likely. But I yeah. think that's gonna, you know, but they have more squad depth now, right? I mean, as you'll talk about. I want to step on your toes here.
1: Right, yeah. We will talk about squad depth, and Richarlison is is emblematic of that, but uh, I I don't really care about fixtures with Spurs. We're going to have Spurs attackers for the entire season, much as we'll want for City and Liverpool, because regardless of the fixture, they're going to be scoring goals. I think Conte, you know, he loves to play uh, defensive counterattacking style that, A, suits Kane and Son, but I think it's been yeah, this is just an incredible array of attacking talent that Kante has a chance to work with. What are, who are the new players? We well, were talking about this great signing window. Ivan Perisic comes in. Perisic comes in from Inter Milan. Uh, yes, he's getting on in age at 33 years old. We expect him to play in the left wing back position. Right. Last season for Inter, eight goals, seven assists. Just looking at his career stats for his last two clubs, Inter and Bayern Munich, 49 goals and 41 assists in total in 20 in 206 appearances for Inter 31 goals and 22 assists in 133 appearances for Bayern Munich his, his history is just like as he plays full seasons for these clubs yeah. his output is incredible he's a monster yeah. of of a of a attacking wingback player and i think once he is deemed to be fully fit and a mainstay in the lineup, we will truly have to reckon with Parasic in this, uh, now, much like I'm going to have to reckon with the pronunciation so like, of his name. To bring
0: all your numbers together, right? I mean, you're basically talking about a 5.5 million defender with 80 goals and 60 assists yeah. in his last 300 appearances. So, the skepti- yeah,
1: the skepticism around him going into game week one is how how quickly can he bet into the system? How fit is he? Conte wants to play just like a very athletic style so, for me, I feel like I'm going to try and work around Parasick before, yeah, before we start the season. But there he is. Great great pick on the on the whole. Richarlison comes in. He's priced at 8.5. Uh, talking about uh, Spurs with last year's FPL winner, Jamie Piggott, he's a massive Spurs fan. And he thought, yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Richarlison doesn't start every match, even though he comes in for a yeah. huge fee. I just think there are so many. It's not like we have to talk. We not, we don't have to diminish Richarlison. All we have to do is say uh, Kulusevski is 0.5 cheaper, and also Son and King. These are the these are the guys that we need to worry about. And I don't yeah. think there's enough value with Richarlison here to say I'm going to get a Spurs cover. At the cheap, cheaper price of eight point five,
0: be nice to see Kulusevski's name pop up with some of these preseason returns. You know, a lot of people are talking for him, but (laughs) I I would like to see him come. I don't put too much stock in preseason. I really don't. But it would be nice if, like, he had popped up with, like, a random hat trick in one of these games, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) did the full Darwin Nunez. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Clement Lenget, you got some uh, nice rhyming going on uh, with this uh, center back coming in. That could be Clement Lenglet, right? Clement Lenglet, uh, on loan from Barcelona. Uh, Interesting uh, rotation probably happening. With the center backs, I mean, honestly, how long was Eric Dyer going to be able to hold down that position? Yeah. So you could see uh, maybe it is Romero and uh, Langley. (laughs) Langley. I'm going to need to get some guidance on that one, starting (laughs) in the center back position. Uh, And Jed Spence, I think this is the guy because uh, he's priced at 4.5. He spent last season at Forest coming up through the uh, championship playoff on loan from Middlesbrough really young 20, 21 years old uh, plays on the right back but um he uh he's just really athletic he fits that Conte mold and I think if as soon as he fits into the uh starting the starting lineup he's going to be maybe maybe a must have okay uh, so Jed Spence, watch watch for him uh and yeah what more do we need to say about Harry Kane and uh Sun hung min I think it's really how much how much do you want to pay? Yep. And for me, I'm a believer in Harry Kane. I think that the uh, just looking at previous seasons, it just seems like an anomaly that Sun's going to finish with more points yeah. than Kane. And the fact that I can get Kane at 11.5 is really all I need yeah. to know. So Kane is my guy to start uh, this season. I mean, given that they are basically trading goals and assists in the preseason are you going to spend any time trying to pair these guys together in a game week one draft?
0: People have made an argument for it. I don't think it's terrible, but no, I, I I, I'm looking at Kane as well. I mean, at this point, like the, the momentum has shifted so far towards Kane that part of me wants to go with Holland now, who is like suddenly like the less popular of the options, but I'm kind of looking at Kane myself, especially because he's been so strong in preseason, which hasn't always been the case with him. Um, All right, Brandon. Well, I, I like this. I think, like you said, what, what more needs to be said about Canaan Sense? Let's move yeah. on to our number two club yeah. in the top three. This is why we got to do. This is why it's actually useful to go up because when you end with these clubs, we all have strong thoughts already, and mm-hmm. everybody here. But uh, Liverpool, you know, good season, right? They won two cups, um, made it to the Champions League final, kind of ran out of gas at the end. Same with the Premier League, a little bit. You know, they sort of maybe maybe this last year probably was the year for them to to get their second title mm-hmm. under Klopp, and did, did, didn't quite pull it off. Um, now Mane is off. Allison and Jota are currently dealing with injuries. Um, great start to the season, though. Fulham, Palace, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Everton Wolves. I mean, it's really hard not to see a way where you don't have three players from Liverpool to start your season. Yeah. Um, you know, now that Allison's injured, I may be a little less excited about the Rabo or Van Dijk, who have been sort of like, like, why... Van Dyke is just so incredibly consistent. In, Why not
1: Van Dyke?
0: In, I, I guess it's just that they're too close in price, right? You got a little more. But, you know, you have Trent, Rabov. I mean, it's, even, it's funny you would even talk about these players, right? Because we all know so much about them already. Yeah. But Trent is… Who you got, who you yeah, got Josh, but Trent, I think is the question. Yeah, I think the question… I mean, the, I will note, though, Trent. I mean, it's it's like, it. you know, I was sort of like, maybe I won't have Trent early on, but… It's just a reminder that he finished third overall in points last year. Third. All players, every single player in the Premier League finished third. Uh, And he's 7.5 million. Everybody else who has done that kind of return is like 11 or 12 million in the game. So you get like a 5 million discount on on him over everybody else. How can you not have that player? It's very hard to build an argument. And Robbo finished eighth overall in points, right? He's at 7 million. He's even Mm -hmm. cheaper. And, and then you look at Van Dyke. He's only two points back of Rabo. So maybe you just have those three players. I don't know. But then, of course, you have Mosala. uh, you know, 13 million, 23 goals, 14 assists. Yeah. The Unquestioned alpha now with Monet Gantz, who so should do even better. Like, he yeah. could have, like, 37 goals this year. Yeah. And they play Fulham in game week one. He's the clear captain. For he's going to go full one.
1: Mitrovic. 43 goals, I predict. Yeah,
0: exactly. You got Jota. Maybe eventually, yeah, the mid- it could be a metro season for him. Let's see. Uh, Jota did have 15 goals and seven assists. I mean, but no one's really talking about him because of Darwin Nunez. He's now a 9 million forward as well. And it's just, it's not totally clear how many starts we're going to get from Jota. Even last year when he was great, mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily the most consistent starter. Um, which didn't work out too badly in fantasy, but it's risky. You know, I want, you he want fits more in
1: so well with Klopp's style, but yeah, uh, yeah, minutes continue to be it. And because he's not fit to start the season, it's like losing ground. It's yeah. like, we, we always talk about what's the work from home policy versus going into the <laughs> office. Are you, are, are if you go into the office, do you have a better chance of getting a promotion now? Yeah. And, and Nunez is going into the office, whereas Joda <laughs> exactly. might be working from home.
0: Exactly. So Nunez, $9 million forward, four goals, and a reason friendly, as everybody seems to have known and talked about. It, it perked everyone's ears up a little bit, you know? Uh, something about a bloomer in my you know i mean to my eyes anyway he's um 23 but he's only had two years in top division football um really exploded the last couple seasons at benfica he had 26 goals and 28 league appearances last year and that was actually he was a little injured at the start of the season so he kind of came in late but 26 and 28 is insane you know, no matter what league you're you're talking about um so he is he's really promising i think because Luis Diaz, the player that I really like, is available at $8 million, classified as a midfielder, so Luis would fit in your team. Um, also, easier to move to other players if it doesn't work out. He yep. um, had four goals and three assists, which doesn't look that impressive, but you got to remember he came in in January and he was competing with Mane and Jota for spots. Mane's gone and Jota's injured. So yeah. it's a clear lane for for Diaz. You
1: just think that if you compare Diaz to whatever you think about Nunez, these guys are probably going to get this, around the same number of goals, I'm guessing, yeah. to start the season. Yep. And Diaz, by virtue of it being a midfielder, is getting more points. So he'll, I predict he'll finish on more points than somebody like Nunez, if and it's close.
0: One more signing, Fabio Carvalho, 5.5 million midfielder, won't start. But do you have any quick thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, as a Fulham supporter, he so goes Harvey Elliott. I mean, and, and we lost Harvey Elliott as one of our great young players to Liverpool. And you wondered, will you ever see this guy again? Well, of course, under Klopp, he knows what to do with young talent. And Harvey Elliott suddenly was just like incredible uh, when he worked his way into the starting 11. And Carvalho is is just as good a player, probably better. And I think for fantasy, he plays a little farther up the pitch. He's more of a number 10. Uh, so I expect big things, but yeah, he probably has to be reprogrammed by Klopp over the course of a season before we see enough of him to really consider him as a fantasy option. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Um, Interesting. Interesting. Like, yeah, one to watch though, Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Brings us to our number one club.
1: All right. So we maybe we stuck our neck out with the bottom half clubs or like putting, uh, you know, Chelsea at number five. We're not sticking our neck out with number one. It's pretty obvious it's going to be Manchester City. Uh, they basically had the most efficient transfer window of the summer, you would say. Like, they, they strengthened where they needed to. They brought in Erling Haaland, uh, and they brought in Calvin Phillips uh, yeah. for that defensive mid-roll. You know, I'm not sure that Rodri is going to be immediately displaced yeah. by Phillips, but I think there's at least now some competition there. And I think maybe you look at Rodri and say— you didn't play you didn't play hard enough you weren't mentally tough enough for injured city. all the time though too I think city not winning the Champions League uh, may have been down to some issues like oh that. yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly yes yeah. so I thought you were talking about um Phillips but yeah yeah Rodri for sure oh but, yeah yeah, you know
1: yeah, Phillips I think is a great player and I think he might be you know he's he's very dynamic so we'll see how that competition unfolds it's really not FPL related but just a ridiculous start for city away West Ham followed by Bournemouth, Newcastle, Palace, Forest, Villa, until they get to Spurs in Game Week 7. It's game Week 7, line. which is, of course, the same day as Fest NYC. We'll be watching that live with our listeners. So you've got to have city players in your Game Week that. 1 draft. There's no way around it. Uh, it's Erling Haaland. Many different drafts that we've come up with. Can you? It, it's It basically comes down to... Will you have Kane or will you have Holland? Because we're kind of committed to having Gabriel Jesus. hard to have both. It's possible, but it is hard. I think if you go with Holland, you're going without Salah in my mind, because I I feel like then you go Kane, Jesus, the full year of the forward uh, TM setup. Um, But, you know, Holland has everything to prove. Still young at 22 years old. He now has to start winning things in order to establish himself as like in the running for the Ballon d'Or. And I expect if he can stay healthy, and, you know, like our friend Eric Freeman is quick to point out a Holland spotty injury record. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be a monster in fantasy. And that's really kind of fills me with some dread as somebody who's (laughs) considering not having it to start. Yeah, Uh, But just like 61 goals in 66 total appearances for Dortmund. That's insane. Uh, It's basically if he plays, he scores. So you have to respect that. And the, then uh, the other new signing in the attack is Julian Alvarez, who is a classed as a forward. We think of him as kind of like a Sala-esque right winger. Uh, and I think he's the, like a, um, who is the, uh, uh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter who I'm thinking of. I, I think the point with him is that was, he's a classic, going to take a while to bet in sort of player. Watch out for Julian Alvarez as yeah. he as he comes in. But he's he's Argentinian. Twenty-two years old, youngish player. Play uh, scored seventeen goals last year for River Plate. Calvin Phillips, we talked about him, uh, and backup goalkeeper uh, to probably fill the spot of uh, Zach Stefan, who is is on the outs after some miserable performances for City. Stefan Ortega comes in. Good guys, Holland. I think Kevin De Bruyne is just. He's, been, he's actually been the guy in preseason. He, uh, he's he been scoring and assisting. He had two goals against Club America. I mean, what does he have to do to get into our yeah, spots?
0: It's expensive, just hard to fit him in.
1: Um, and uh, I, I think for me, the replacement is just a replacement of convenience with Jack Grealish, $7 million. He got the assist on Holland's uh, goal in the preseason for City. So does that portend to... Fantasy returns to come. I am leaning toward getting Grealish into my Game Week 1 squad. We're watching the Community Shield tomorrow, and all will be revealed then with Pep's <laughs> I starting <maybe>. lineup. <laughs> I'm doubtful. Yeah, never is. Joe uh, Cancelo at 7 million just had a, as you mentioned earlier, Josh, a barn burner of a season, one goal, 11 assists, and 19 clean sheets. City's top FPL point scorer, if you can believe that. Uh, so I think Cancelo is veering on on must have. Ederson 5.5, a very strong premium goalkeeper option. Uh, just some some bad guys. Ilke Gundogan 7.5. That's kind of a kill shot to his fantasy viability. And then there's Riyad Mahrez and Phil Foden, both at eight million, and they're just like quintessential trap. Players, they will. Like
0: they Fo- Foden could be awesome yeah. this year, and he's, he's cheap, but he didn't play because he did, he's yeah. not vaccinated, so he couldn't travel to the U.S. And I feel like that puts him yeah. like a step back.
1: A lot yeah. to be said for just like super high ceilings for Mares and Foden, um, but I, I think I I'd rather spend my time time trying to figure out how to get De Bruyne or Holland and or Ederson. Keep, keep I got my,
0: Ederson on my radar right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Grealish, I want it, Grealish has got to kick on. This season, he really has no no choice, (laughs) Uh, especially if he wants Southgate to consider him too for any minutes, because he got he kind of got done dirty in the Euros. So there it is, City number one. Uh, Lots of options there. I feel like between Liverpool, Spurs, and City, we have to look to have you know around six. Six to seven players from that uh, those squads in our throw Arsenal in there too. That's and like our, it's of like of ten course, start.
0: That's 10, ten players from yeah. four squads. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're right. I mean, to me, figuring out how to balance Spurs and Man City feels like the big question for me right now. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, if you want to support the podcast, get access to bonus pods and chat with us in the Slack. Join that last cheater standing league, Brandon. Yeah. You got to join before game week one to yep. take advantage of that. Go to patreon.com/alwayscheating. Uh, to become a patron. Um, it's very easy. You just go there and sign up. Go very to
1: patreon.com slash always cheating. Yeah, I'll say it.
0: Yeah. I said it four times. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you want to thank our producer patrons? I do. Bro? Before
1: I do that, I do want to thank our new Patreon supporters, uh, Shalene Kadak- Kadakia, Drew Mayer, Tony Chandler, Daniel Brennan, Brandon Perdue, Robert Cowberry, Caldru- uh, Terrence O'Donnell, Chris O'Connor, and Dan Barnes. And of course, As always, thanks to our producer patrons there. Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, the big gaffer, Bobis Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, uh, Lazarus, you know us. Everybody watching on video can now see how we have to read these names off of our (laughs) computer screens. Uh, uh, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey uong Majorio, Andy Portlock, Dan Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch. Uh, we want to shout out at FPL Emerge for a cool things that yeah, he's we'll, doing. We'll talk more about him in the next All spot. right, you're coming up. Kerry Swanson, also a producer. Jefferson Turner, managed by Lasso, Francis Mann, Sam Shower, Jeremy Spiker, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Dulgar, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, and our newest producers, Ashalin F. Kadakia and Terrence O'Donnell. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at HellCheaters. Uh, go to Instagram, see what we've been, up. we've been up to here at the Wynn Las Vegas and the Blue Wire Studios. For all this information and more, visit our website, alwayscheating.com. And remember, check us out at fest-nyc.com for an event happening uh, in New York City on September 10th. All right, see you there. Thanks, Brandon. And thanks to the Blue Wire Studio, folks. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Blue Wire. Hell, Cheaters.